Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast. Another great week. Another. This is normally the second best show uh, that we do all year. I kind of feel like I'm a little underprepared this year with the NFL Draft, but hopefully we'll have a good show nonetheless. Uh, Travis Krins, my fine co-host of this podcast, also co-host of the 2080 Baseball Podcast, which you can find on iTunes. He joins me. We'll have Jeff Lloyd the second coming up here. Uh, Travis, I was just remarking to you before we came on air uh, that this year feels different. We aren't maybe quite as into it as we have previously, though I'm I'm gearing up here now. I'm getting more excited that the week is here. Just been a little difficult leading up, but I find that I don't know quite as much as I have in previous years. Jeff Lloyd, aye, aye. Yes, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal, and he will be coming up later in the podcast. Absolutely great stuff. Loves the stuff. I mean, we who is it? Uh, Josh uh, Johnson, right? Yeah, he introduced us to him and uh, and said this guy knows the stuff because Josh, we were we had him on for a couple of years on the radio station on the airways at KSTJ ninety point seven down there in Brookings, and one year he couldn't make it and said, "Here, I have this guy." And Jeff Lloyd II came through for us, and he has been a great addition here to this podcast lineup, especially around Combine and draft time. They haven't even planted the, the, the corn and the soybeans, so we can't talk about the Combines yet. Oh, that's uh, true. For another time. Uh, yeah, the draft, I'm not real interested in it. And it's, I would say it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. And the fact that don't don't spend a whole lot of time overthinking. Just pick, move on. Uh, you, I think you got ten right last year, which is great. I, I hope to get maybe two right this year. Yeah, I was thinking half of that, like not not one, but half of what I got right last year. I'm thinking five because this draft to me is so wide open, so across the board. Here, I mean. I mean, with Frank Trubisky, I will not use his name, because what, what is the golden rule with the quarterback from North Carolina? Use, his, use a different first name every time you mention So Frank, Not his real name. Right. So Frank Trubisky uh, from North Carolina, quarterback there. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's going to go possibly at six, but I don't necessarily think the Jets would take him. I mean, I, I think the Browns are going to take him overall. So... I mean, when we do our mock draft, we don't factor in trades. I know some people do. There could be a lot. There could be a lot from what I'm reading. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think there is going to be a lot in this draft. But uh, as of now, we, I mean, we just do it how the teams are currently seated. And so, I mean, let's say Mitch – or uh, sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, oh I, I already Damn screwed it. up the rule. How about Illich Trubisky? Uh if he goes to the Browns, and I have him at 12, but he goes 6, does that count? I'll accept it, yeah, as long as he goes to the same team. If the Browns move up to 6, why the hell not? Maybe it's a, maybe it should be worth half a point. Yeah. But uh, anyway, before we get into the NFL draft and, and uh, make our picks, I have the <clears throat> I have my mock draft. I will have another mock draft uh Probably very similar, but uh, with a little more time to think about it in the stack coming up here on Thursday, which can be found at stackattack.sportsblog.com. But before we get into that, quickly, let's let's touch on the NBA playoffs here. 
Uh, first round still going on, 40 days and 40 nights of uh, first round basketball here. It's a, an Arabian. Is that accurate? No, but it, it feels like it. it's like Arabian Nights, don't you think? It feels like there's way more than 40 games for TNT seemingly every night, and there's multiple games every night. Seems like it's more like 60 games in about 50 nights. That's a fair statement. I, I would uh, agree with that. As of the recording of this podcast, only one team has moved on to the second round. That'd be the Cleveland Cavaliers. They took down the Indiana Pacers in four games. Somewhat convincingly, but not really. I mean, they only the four games were won by a combined 16 points. Uh, offensively, the Cavs looked very good. Defensively, still not great. Uh, Paul George just couldn't lead the Pacers to a victory. Uh, I mean, anything we learned from the Cavs? Nope. Cavs are the best team in the East. Not good enough to win the whole thing right now. LeBron's great. And the defense is bad. So, nothing has changed. I'm not worried about them at all. It's all about them and Golden State. And we're still two months away from this goddamn thing starting. So, uh... The Washington Wizards and Atlanta Hawks are currently going with their series. The the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors continuing their series in the East. And the Boston Celtics, Chicago Bulls, probably the most intriguing of the series, but maybe not so much anymore. The Bulls, uh, it, no, no home team has won a game in the series thus far, at least through four games. Uh, the Bulls looked like they were in pretty good position after going up 2-0 with both wins in Boston, but then Rajon Rondo goes out with an injury, and I think, I mean, I don't want to overstate this because Rondo, while he's a good player, has not been the sort of player he was, you know, early in his career the past couple of seasons, but that was a significant loss for the Bulls, don't you think? Sure, hell didn't help. So, who knows what would have happened if he would have been around, but uh, what broke his thumb. So he's out, and yeah, they're going to probably lose the next two, and uh, Boston's going to win this one in six. So good comeback for Boston. Isaiah Thomas and, playing uh, really well. Bulls, Bulls are garbage. They should, they should uh, redo everything. They give it, they gave it a try. I was fine with them giving it a try. Time to get rid of Butler. Time to get. Uh, this seems like a really good draft. So maybe uh, Boston could use a Jim Butler, and maybe we could use a number one pick. So how about that? Jimmy Butler and Isaiah Thomas matched point for point in Game Four, thirty-three points. But it's obviously it, it's clear at this point that the Boston Celtics have a bit a better supporting cast than the Chicago Bulls have, at least for Jimmy Butler. And then after the game, you have Fred Hoiberg saying that oh, uh, Isaiah Thomas palms the ball or carries it a lot. I'm like, shut up, Fred. I mean, really, you have to go there. Maybe you could, you know, guard him. I don't know. Maybe that that would be. Something you could do. Maybe preach defense rather than just score 90 points. Or, I mean, I guess they score more than that in the NBA. But, I mean, as Iowa State Cyclones, they really never played defense. It was always about run, 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 score, score, score as many baskets as you can in, in college. And he's oh, tried to it, take it, that. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the school we went to and how they play basketball now. Yeah. That, that, well, yes, because... Uh, head coach T.J. Otzelberger was an assistant at Iowa State, so yeah, it, it's the it's pretty much the same principles. 
remember, remember when they used to get South Dakota players to play at South Dakota State? I remember those days. Those were those were fun days. Yes, they were. Uh, that is not the the way anymore. But I mean, no, look no. look at the two best again. You could look at it. The, the two best players in Jack Rabbit history aren't from the state of South Dakota. Nate Walters and uh, Mike Dom. So I mean, I'll tell you this: any state that borders South Dakota, put them on the list. Okay. Wisconsin, well, Wisconsin doesn't border it. Tennessee doesn't border it. Uh, Washington doesn't border it. So um, you know, you you recruit what you know, and obviously he doesn't know this area at all. So um, not that there's any players in South Dakota to recruit, because there isn't. But uh, you know, Minnesota, Nebraska. There may be a couple folks there, but uh, they're not coming here because I doubt we're even looking at them. So there you go. Uh, so anything else from the NBA Eastern Conference uh, playoffs that are intriguing you at all? No. Hockey playoffs, once again, trump the basketball unanimously. Yeah, and how come people don't talk more about the NHL playoffs? Yeah, well, we probably can't even find it on TV. That could that could be maybe. I mean, it's what we had eighteen. This is all you need to know. In the NHL playoffs, there were no seven game series. Not none of the eight series went seven games. Yet we had eighteen overtime games in the series. Phenomenal. Nothing. There is nothing better. I've said this multiple times. There's nothing better in sports than playoff overtime hockey because it is. It is sudden death, and it is it is great. It's riveting theater, and you you never know when a big play is going to happen, a big hit, a big save. Uh, it's absolutely tremendous. I love playoff hockey, and playoff overtime hockey is even better than that. The losing team is killed on the ice. Well, essentially, yes, and of course, hockey has the great. Uh, the tradition after the series is over, the handshake line there, I, I, it's great sportsmanship because after you keep hitting each other with sticks and throwing some punches, and I mean, you probably hate each other's guts, but it's a great sign of sportsmanship that, they, uh, that they're able to shake hands after the series, after a hard-fought series. Lady Bing, sign them all up for the Lady Bing. Yep. Uh, NHL playoffs here, the second round. It'll be Washington. They survived against Toronto. Oh, uh, <laughs> go to hell, Washington. They, go to hell. they will take on the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who right. they, right. they have played in. I mean, will you watch this series? Sure. I'll uh, tune in now and then. Go Pittsburgh. Uh, this it, they've played multiple times, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are the Washington Capitals' arch nemesis. When it comes to the playoffs, is this year going to be different? It's tough to think so, but at the same time, I mean, I've picked Washington in the Stanley Cup, so I'm going to take them over Pittsburgh. But uh, I guess it would be more of a surprise if they can get by. And then the other series is the New York Rangers against the Ottawa Senators. I was hoping that the Boston Bruins would take down the Senators. They did not. Rangers uh, finally won some games on home ice, so that was great. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Clearly, Washington-Pittsburgh is the best series of the four because in the Western Conference, you have the Nashville Predators, our Nashville Predators. Uh, That's right. Uh, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm, I buy into them a little bit just because I went to Nashville and really love the city. Of course, the Minnesota Wild are my team um, or is my team. 
however grammatically correct that needs to be. But uh, they're taking on the St. Louis Blues because the Blues took down the Wild. I don't want to see them advance. And I really like Nashville. Uh, Pekka Rene's great. I have a Nashville Predators shirt. I have a Nashville Predators glass. And I will be drinking out of said glass and wearing said shirt every game that they play in this series. Good. Go, uh, go Nashville. Uh, hope Pittsburgh wins. Hope Ottawa wins. Hope Nashville wins. And uh, Say Edmonton. Say Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton knocked off my shark, so I'm not real pleased. Um, I don't care. And I'm Edmonton. Who the hell cares? Edmonton's got the the like the best player, the best young player in the game, in Connor McDavid. I think I picked them to beat the Sharks. I think they will take down the Ducks, and then uh, who knows what's going to happen in, uh, after that. But that, Anaheim's got a lot of good, had some good offense there, but. They were in a lot of one-goal games with the Calgary Flames, so how's that going to pan out? I, I do think the the Oilers will win, which it would be an upset if they do. But that would be great to see Connor McDavid in the Western Conference Finals. Speaking of the Western Conference, let's go back to the NBA here. Uh, by the way, the NHL playoffs, we will get Marcus Traxler back on the podcast next week here to talk more hockey and some final thoughts on the Wild season as they come to a disappointing end uh, after the Blues ousted them in five games. Game five going to overtime. The Wild lost 4-3 to three after coming back from being down 3-1 in the third period. So that sucks, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But Western Conference play, uh, NBA playoffs, I think the biggest story here, I guess there are multiple... Actually, each series is very intriguing in the Western Conference for a number of different reasons. Uh, Golden State, Portland... The series itself isn't, but the health of Steve, uh, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr is. He is uh, got like spinal fluid dripping out of him uh, or leaking. That's not good. Uh, he's dealing with migraines, neck pain. He's dealt with back pain now for uh, at least a couple of years now, I think. Or at least a year, I should say. But I, be- I believe this is going more towards on two years. I mean, this is, this is some serious stuff here. He's likely not going to coach in this series, and he might miss the entire postseason. Uh, that is a significant storyline here for the Warriors. It is a storyline, and I don't know how important it will be. Um, Reggie Miller thought it was the most important thing of all time. I'm not going that far. I think it will be fine. Mike Brown, fine coach with the, the finals with Cleveland. Fine. Um... Don't take much to coach up Golden State. No, nope. that was the uh, Luke Walton. They went on the big twenty-eight game winning streak or whatever it was with him as the coach, and it's they're more than capable. So I don't know what the hell Steve Kerr brings to it as far as the coaching aspect is concerned, but um, I think they're fine. Uh, Durant, I'd be much more concerned with him. He missed a game. Uh, Sounds like he will play. On Monday night, so hopefully Golden State can close it out and rest. These teams need their rest. Yes, Cleveland they do. didn't play for the last two games of the regular season. They played four games, uh, swept them. So one of they played four games in maybe three weeks, four weeks more. They they well rested. Get your rest. Well, and Kevin Durant has missed games two and three for the Warriors. I think that this is a big deal. Not again. I not so much from the fact that the Warriors need Kerr to win another NBA title. But 
from the standpoint that I think it just makes losing Luke Walton to the Lakers that much more of a bigger deal. As as you mentioned, he led them on what a twenty eight game winning streak uh, last season to open the season, and he was great. And I thought that he should have probably been the NBA head coach of the year. I know they gave that to Steve Kerr, or like the win should have counted for his record and not Steve Kerr's. I think that's a bit of a joke. Uh, so. Luke Walton gets a job in L.A. I mean, the Lakers right now are a dysfunctional mess. Magic Johnson uh, is going to try and make them a winner. I don't know if he can, but I don't think that's indicative of Luke Walton's coaching style, but I believe he would have been the best coach for the Warriors. And I believe then, I think this would have been a point where you say, okay, Luke Walton, you are now the interim head coach of the team. Steve Kerr, you just figure out what we need to do to get you healthy. If you could come back and coach, great. If not, this is Luke Walton's team. I think that's what should have happened maybe even last year when Steve Kerr was dealing with the, all of this, uh, these health issues and the fact that he's not doing it now uh, or that they're in this position now. I think I think Luke Walton is a big loss. I don't think it is. Um, I don't know what coaches... Like hockey and basketball, I don't think the coaches matter at all. Um, I think football, they matter quite a bit. Baseball, they don't really matter. I mean, basketball, it's, I don't know. I don't think it matters a whole hell of a lot. You, just need, you need good players. You need good players. If you've got good players, you're going to be a good coach. That's all there is to it. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> the, the Utah Jazz and the L.A. Clippers, that 4-5 matchup, that's been a, a decent series. The the big story here is that Chris Paul, or not Chris Paul, excuse me, Blake Griffin out with a toe injury. He's going to miss the remainder of the playoffs regardless of how far the Clippers go. So another postseason, another injury to Blake Griffin. Chris Paul doing his best to keep the Clippers in this. Uh, I was disappointed by Utah's starting lineup in Game 4, uh, but the, the bench played great. Joe Johnson, Derek Favors... Uh, no, I'm missing someone else in there. Uh, but their bench, yeah, their bench, their bench did really well. I mean, they they outscored. I, mean, I think the the starters in Game Four had 38 points. Uh, and what Rudy Gobert did make a return in Game Four, which is good. After hyper extending his knee in Game One, I think he's going to be the difference and why the Jazz ultimately will take down the Clippers. Where should Chris Paul go next year? He's a free agent. Where should any? Where should all of the clip or all of the Clippers go? Are they going to blow it up? Like Griffin, maybe get, I wouldn't just because they've been so bad for so long. Not winning a title, but um, be very interesting to see where think Chris Paul would go. I've got a team in mind that would be very intriguing for him. The Timber Puppies. Well, that would be intriguing as well. But I would like to see him in Milwaukee. Milwaukee would be good. How about what if he went back to New Orleans? Charlotte. Yeah. Well, I mean, Charlotte's got Kemba Walker, though. Or would you make Kemba a shooting guard? Yes, New Orleans. Yeah, and I would say New Orleans. I'm sure that will get a lot of of attention. Um, Yeah, Minnesota, that that would be interesting. Two teams that need that one final piece. And if they get that one piece, then they're in the mix. Now, it seems like Rubio came around for the Timberwolves here at the end of the season, and who knows where they would have gotten if Zach Levine hadn't torn his ACL. Uh, But, yeah, I think the Timberwolves are one piece away from being a legitimate playoff team. 
one that could maybe pose a threat in the Western Conference. We'll see what happens there. The Thunder Rockets. I, mean, uh, yeah. I wonder how he would fit in with the Spurs. Oh, I'm sure he would fit in just fine. Get rid of Manu Ginobili and old man Tony Parker. I think he would do great. Yeah, that'd be very that'd be intriguing. But you would know, Tony he... Parker's he couldn't turn 35. Still got 14 million left out of the deal for next year. So uh, I don't. I mean, I don't expect him to go to the Spurs, but uh, it'd be a good little thing for them. But would he be willing to take less money to win a championship? Him, uh, I mean, hopefully, I I would think he would. But so yeah, a number of different places Chris Paul could go. The Thunder Rockets series. Uh, a lot of attention in Game 4 because Andre Roberson kept getting fouled in the fourth quarter. He was 2 of 12 from the foul line. He's not very good. And then afterward, the... Why, why didn't we hear about... Why did, Why wasn't this a huge deal like when they fouled DeAndre Jordan? Or any other... Why wasn't this a huge deal? Like, oh, we got to change the rules. Well, this was a deal. I mean, the people were talking about it. I didn't, I didn't hear. I, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I mean, you're right. It wasn't as big a deal as Andre or DeAndre Jordan, but uh, people were talking about this. And then afterward, and you know, after the game in the uh, post game press conference, a uh, reporter asked a question about uh, to Westbrook. Westbrook took offense to it, and I think it was something about how you know when he's on, just something about how maybe he's uh, somewhat of a detriment yeah, to the team. Oh, they, I mean, they suck when he's not out there. He needs to, he needs to be out there as long as he can. But he also needs a few minutes of rest. But this Oklahoma City Thunder team is absolute garbage without him. Yeah, when, when, when he gets a little help, they're pretty good. Game three, they were pretty good. Game four, they almost won. The series is done. He should probably get out of there uh, as soon as possible. Uh, go somewhere else and try to win. Uh, it's it was. A very interesting question because um, it's kind of a dumb question of, well, what's the difference when he's not out there? Well, what the fuck do you think? He's not out there. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, so well, he's, he's like, what is it about it when, when you're not out there? Well, what the hell do you think? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of dumb. You, you, you'd have to frame it in a certain way. Uh, like, you know, how maybe you could frame it as of... Uh, you say, well, what, what do you need to change the way you play when he's not out there so that you're not god-awful when he's not out there? What do you I mean, change something? What do you need to change so there's not such a drop-off? The, like the media in general likes to ask really simple, dumb questions in order to elicit a more, like more of an emphatic or emotional response. You, you want some flair in the response that you get back. But there... I mean, there comes a point, though, where you have to draw the line in the sand where you say, okay, that's a really stupid question. And good for Westbrook for defending his team and not throwing them under the bus. Because he certainly could have. Stephen Adams was up there with him in the postgame press conference. He could have said something. He didn't. I'm sure he feels the frustration. But, I mean, they the Thunder can get someone in the offseason here, hopefully. Um We'll see what they could do, but uh, I mean, I mean, I, I I applaud Westbrook for not for taking the higher road and defending his team, while this bozo in press role had decided to ask that question. And finally, I will give you 
uh, all the credit in the world. You said that this Memphis Grizzlies San Antonio Spurs series was going to go the distance. That was going to be good because uh, Memphis and San Antonio really battled in the regular season. I didn't buy it. I think the Grizzlies are garbage. And yet here we are, the series after four games, tied 2-2. Mark Gasol gets the game-winning uh, fadeaway in game four in overtime. This, I mean, Kawhi Leonard had 43 points in that game, 7 of 10 from beyond the arc. He was absolutely phenomenal. It, it tied the game a couple of times, forced it into overtime. He's he's doing it all for the Spurs, yet somehow we find ourselves in a 2-2 series. Please tell me this isn't going 7. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I obviously think Memphis is better than you. Yep. Last uh, overtime in the last few minutes of that game, what game? Three, game four. Game, game four, four. That was it was very good. Yes. It was very good. Kawhi Leonard scored like what sixteen points in a row. That was uh, that was tremendous. That was very good. That's probably the best stretch of uh, the playoffs that I've seen right there. And I was hoping for maybe even a second overtime, but. Uh, I think Memphis is just like a poor man's version of the Spurs, and uh, it, it very well could go seven. And uh, what do you think the citizens in Tennessee are more focused or excited by, the Predators or the Grizzlies? Predators. What do you What do you think they're watching more, Predators or Grizzlies? I don't know. Let's see, I guess, I don't know, maybe Predators? I would hope the Predators, because I think the Predators have a better chance at winning. Uh, and I, I mean, if we were to deem Tennessee a a hockey state or a basketball state, uh, Memphis is a, a completely different city demographically than Nashville is. I think we could both say that. Uh, I think Memphis would is far more into basketball than they are hockey. Nashville, I believe there are people who, of course, are basketball fans, but you have the hockey team right there, so they might get a little more intrigue. Elsewhere around the state, I think it's kind of a mix, but if you're going to look at the kind of excitement, I think Predators' uh, viewership of their games has gone up over the years pretty significantly, so I, I have to think that they're a little more excited about the Predators than they are the Grizzlies. Well, you almost dropped the state up in like three different regions, or at least two. You got East Tennessee with the mountains, yep. you got West Tennessee with Nashville, and then you got the southwest corner with Memphis, and they're all very different very different areas. Yes, but a beautiful state nonetheless. Tennessee, phenomenal state. Recommend everyone go there. Big fans. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, if we don't have anything else then, uh, shall we get to this mock draft? My baseball note for the week yes. will be um, not an unknown guy, but kind of I, I, I would consider this guy the the story of baseball for the first month. Uh, the Trevor story of this year would be Eric Thames. Yep, first, first baseman for the Brewers. Uh, he had two more home runs on Monday night. He has ten home runs. Uh, that's a lot of home runs, and um, he is a very interesting baseball player. Yes. Yep, he, uh, he resurrected his career over in, what, South Korea, I believe? Yeah. So, uh, yes, he's doing very good for the Brewers, and the Brewers have been a pleasant surprise, I would say, so far this season. So, yes, he is your unknown player who's uh, who's certainly becoming a, a known name throughout the baseball ranks. 
Uh, how would you like to do this mock draft here? Do you want to go every other, or do we want to do it kind of like the March Madness, where uh, we just go 1 through 32, I say my pick, you say yours? I want the AFC North, the AFC South, the NFC East, and the NFC North. Okay, say that again. No, well, I'll do. I got mine here. You got yours. We can just do every. We can just do. I'll say I think this guy's gonna get picked, and you think I. I think this guy. We can go. We can go like just like Mar, like just like the March Madness. Okay. All right. That sounds good. And you know, the beauty of this is we can always change it from year to year, and this is a. Uh, Certainly changing here from year to year. So, number one, uh, the Cleveland Browns, I think it's a foregone conclusion. They could say what they want about uh, Christopher Trubisky, but they're taking Miles Garrett, defensive end from Texas A&M. I as well have Miles Garrett going to Cleveland, the number one pick. And Miles Garrett, there's been a, this, it seems like there's a smear campaign uh, against him lately. More so from Warren Sapp, but I know Booger McFarlane on uh, the SEC Network has had some criticism of Miles Garrett, and Garrett has been, a, you know, hasn't been shy about not coming on, uh, say Mike and Mike, when Booger was co-hosting with Mike Greenberg, uh, because he just didn't want to deal with the criticism. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to do some stuff uh, to to change that up, but uh, you know. You think about Mario Williams, you think about Jadavion Clowney, defensive ends that went number one. I believe those were the last two defensive ends that went number one. Miles Garrett certainly could fill that sort of build. Yeah, it seems like uh, defensive ends have worked out um, when they picked them. I haven't been the most popular, but it seems like they've picked out. And number two, and this is where it gets completely crazy, was San Francisco. Um... I, I don't know where, where they're going. They could certainly go quarterback here because you have Brian Hoyer. I mean, they need everything. They absolutely need everything. So I don't think you're going to get a bad pick here. A lot of people have them taking Solomon Thomas, the defensive end out of Stanford. But you look at the last couple of drafts, they've they've taken some defensive linemen high. Uh, uh, Armstead from Oregon. I think they have Buckner, or maybe it's Buckner from Oregon. Regardless, they have a they've had a couple of high picks, so I don't think they're going to go there. This may be a little higher than what it should be, but I'm going to have them taking Jamal Adams, the safety out of LSU. I do have them taking Solomon Thomas because they were the tenth worst team last year with 33 sacks. So their defensive line is garbage. Anything is garbage. They can pick any player that they want. It doesn't matter because it will fit their needs. They can literally pick anybody. It will fit a need. Do you want me to, and and that's a good pick too. I like maybe, I said, maybe I, not running back. They were like fourth in the league in rushing. So they've shown that they can run the ball. So maybe a running back would probably be a waste. Yeah, but anything I, else would be fine. I've seen some Leonard Fournette picks here at two. I just don't. I don't see it. But really, you're talking about in this top ten here. And I'll get to my bold prediction here for the draft here in a little bit. But uh, I mean, a number of teams could go quarterback here in a in a weak quarterback class. Uh, do you want me to pull the Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, voice as I did in the Google chat on Sunday night anywhere here? Not for the whole thing. You want to go a couple picks, go, go now. Yeah, I, I, I certainly won't do it for the whole thing. And by the way, I, I do that out of the most respect for, uh, in the world for Mel Kuyper. I really like Mel. I like Mike Mayock. Those are my two guys. I do not. Todd, 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 Todd. No, no, not no. no. <laughs> I don't go with the Todd McShays 
uh, of the world, but uh, I, I certainly I, I've liked Mel Kuyper Jr. for a while, so uh, it's always good to do an impersonation of him. Number three, the Bears. Again, they could go. In, they could go a number of different areas here. They could go. Uh, they could go secondary. They could go quarterback here. They. I mean, they let Alshon Jeffrey go. You could probably go wide receiver here if you really wanted to. But their defense is still a little suspect. I have them taking Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle out of Alabama. I think that this is the thing where, like, any of these teams, they're, they're so bad, they can pick anybody. And there's nobody in this draft that uh, you're like, oh, my God, this guy, you got to pick this guy. Mm-hmm. You could pick anybody. You could pick anybody. And who, who the hell knows? If they're going to be good or not, um, I think their secondary is garbage. Yep. So uh, I'm picking uh, Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback, Ohio State. So uh, that's where I'm going with the Bears. Very good. Uh, I like they that a lot. They signed, they signed him up tomorrow. He's a guy. Um, they probably need another couple guys back there. I don't remember a draft where the teams at the bottom are, have, are so needy at so many different positions. You know positions that any pick could be would be a really good pick for them. I can't remember one. It's uh, it's probably why this draft doesn't interest me. I don't know. There's like, is there a position here? There, there's apparently a lot of people that think there's a lot of uh, defensive backs out there. Yes, there, uh, and there uh, are that are really good. It's very, uh, very that's the top position, and uh, there are no offensive linemen in this draft, which is bad for the Vikings. So. Uh, yeah, not not a great year because there's no offensive lineman probably getting picked here in the top ten, which is can't can't imagine that's happened too many times. No, no. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars at four again, another team that I think could go quarterback here because it seems like the the love fest with Blake Bortles, Blake Bottles has uh is completely right. bottled up here. Tom Coughlin is now the the big head honcho there in Jacksonville, so a new regime. Uh, I, I haven't taken Leonard Fournette out of LSU. I don't think that's necessarily the the biggest position of need there in Jacksonville, and I believe Leonard Fournette might die there. Uh, they could use some offensive line help. I don't. I don't think this is the great place for him for his career. I think they could maybe go uh, d- defensive line somewhere, but uh, because Jonathan Allen's gone, I think if Allen were here, they would take him, but. I haven't taken Leonard Fournette, and I don't like that running back from LSU. And I'm a huge fan. Uh, I got taken Fournette as well, and I don't see that ending well either. They need a quarterback, but there's no quarterbacks to take. Um, their linebackers look pretty good from what I'm looking at here. Uh, their defensive line looks. They got a couple of guys, and there's no defensive linemen around here, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, offensive line you could help, but there's no offensive lineman to take. So, like, you have to just get, no, there's no offensive lineman to take. That's, and there's no quarterbacks to take. So that kind of takes off two premier positions here. So I may, yeah, may as well take, uh, take Leonard Fournette. I don't think he's going to be, uh, that good, but we'll see. The Tennessee Titans here, they have the Rams pick at five because they traded with the Rams and the Rams took Jerry Goff last year and we know how that went. Uh, regarding the Titans, they need help on the on the wide receiving core. They need help in the secondary. I 
this is probably higher than what he will get drafted, but Mike Williams, the wide receiver out of Clemson, is absolutely phenomenal, and you need a weapon to throw, or for, for Marcus Mariota to throw to. This is a deep cl- uh, class for the secondary, so I think you can get one at pick 18. If you yep. want, If I mean, you have Adams and Hooker, who are two safeties that are absolutely great, that I could see Tennessee snagging one of them here, but I will give them Mike Williams, a wide receiver out of Clemson. As well, I have them picking Williams out of Clemson. Uh, they're two first-round picks. I think it's pretty certain they'll pick a receiver with one of them and a defensive back with the other. So they've uh, their secondary was bad last year. They've signed a couple of uh, they've signed a cornerback and they've signed a safety. So they've kind of shored up their secondary. Uh, their receiving core uh, right now. Hard to imagine there's a worse receiving core than what they have on paper right now. And uh, they'll definitely pick a receiver in this first round. I would be shocked if they don't. And so may as well get the best guy at number five. Number six, the Jets. This is the first place where I can see uh, uh, Marcus Trubisky going. Yeah, John. John Trubisky. This is the first spot where I can see him going. But, uh, again, the Jets, a team that need everybody, it seems like. I, because they have Josh McCown, I don't think they're going to take the quarterback from UNC. Uh, so, for for lack of a better, it, it seems like their picks from Ohio State have not been have not panned out really well. I guess I mean Lee, the linebacker, still okay. They have a wide receiver hasn't panned out all that well. But I'll give him Malik Hooker, the safety from Ohio State. I'll give him Jamal Adams, safety from LSU. And they would take him uh, if if I had him available at that spot. Uh, they took Christian Hackenberg in the second round last year. He didn't play last year. Uh, Christian Hackenberg was terrible in college, uh, so he should be terrible as well. They usually take a defensive guy, I believe, and uh, their secondary is pretty garbage. So uh, and they should probably take a, uh, take a defensive back here. So we've got both safeties going. Um, in our mock draft, I had this selection. I had them taken uh Francis Trubisky. So that's uh interesting. I'll I'll go with uh, one of the safeties I'll say Jamal Adams. Well I, I think this is the spot though where Cleveland would trade up. That's why I think sure. Cle- Cleveland could trade twelve to, or they could even trade to five. If the if the Titans want to trade down they then I could see Cleveland at five if they are really, you know, positive that the Jets would snag Trubisky at six, they would trade with the Titans at five. I guarantee you the Titans would do that. Because uh, the yep. Titans would pick up some more draft picks, and they don't really have... I mean, they have needs, but it's not as pressing as the Browns are with the, with the quarterback there, or the Jets. Los Angeles Chargers at seven. I have them taking Solomon Thomas, the defensive end out of Stanford. Perhaps a little lower than most people have, but uh, Thomas very good. So I have the Chargers... In their uh, thirty thousand seat soccer stadium, taking Solomon Thomas. Got him taking uh, Malik Hooker from Ohio State. Very good. They would like to replace Eric Weddle after a while, so they should probably do that this year. I like your picks a lot, and I actually think that they're more likely to happen <laughs> probably than. I mean, uh, their safeties. I'm looking at this list there. I mean, there's I don't even know who all these safeties are. So, uh, and they need a safety. Yep, and I I think that's a great pick there. If 
they if the safeties are still available. If they're gone, you have to take. I think a, to pair t- uh, a Thomas or a Derek Barnett with uh, you know with with Joey Bosa. I think that's that's very intriguing on that defensive line. So that would be very good. For them, uh, Carolina Panthers at eight. They would love to see Leonard Fournette fall to them, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it would happen. But if Fournette is gone, I have them taking Christian McCaffrey, the running back out of Stanford. I've been taking Jonathan Allen, defensive lineman from Alabama. Very good. Uh, any particular reason why you would take Allen over McCaffrey? Caffrey's very interesting. Mm, I just think that their defensive line could use some folk. Yep. Um, it's not very young. They got Charles Johnson. Would they re-sign Charles Johnson? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And um, I think they could use some guys. They could use a, uh, they got Sarlou Tulele. They got Kawan Short in the middle. They franchise take. So uh, it's just, you know, it's uh, there, there's not a lot there pick from. Their linebacking is linebacker crew very solid. You should probably take, get somebody to replace Thomas Davis since he was 34 years old. And it's still pretty good. Uh, their secondary is alright. So you got Captain Wonderland. Uh, you got a couple guys in the secondary. Kurt Coleman. Um, I think they could probably use a, a defensive lineman here. If if Allen falls this far, I mean it's the one of the better picks I think you could possibly make. Sure. In the draft, one of the more sure things. And if the Carolina Panthers bypass on him, then the Cincinnati Bengals would surely snag him up because uh, they got rid of what Domito Pecco uh, left Cincinnati for Denver. You know the Vikings were in the uh, in the running for his services. So the Bengals are going to need some help on the defensive line. I like Derek Barnett from Tennessee, the defensive end. As do I. That's why I have him picking here. Um. They have Michael Johnson, who he signed with Tampa Bay, who has not been good. So uh, he's 30 years old. You can probably replace him with the Barnett. And um, yeah, Carlos Dunlap is very good. But uh, yeah, they, could, they could use another guy on the outside. They seem to have lost quite a few free agents on the defensive side here over the past few years. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. it's catching up with them as evidenced by the fact that they weren't in the playoffs last year and really uh, – we're out of it fairly early on. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at 10, that's a very intriguing spot. I think they are certainly in the running for a quarterback here. Uh, they did re-sign Tyrod Taylor, but I mean, I don't think they are truly married to him in, in the sense that they want him to be the long-term quarterback. If he if he plays well, great. If not, that's too bad. But they lost Stephon Gilmore in the offseason. So they're going to take the best cornerback available here. Uh, just so happens that I have Marshawn Lattimore falling this far. I doubt that's going to happen, but I do have the Bills going cornerback here with Lattimore out of Ohio State. I have the uh, Bills taking Brandon Trubisky, quarterback from North Carolina. I think it's pretty evident that uh, they don't like Tyrod Taylor. Um, he won't be there next year, I don't believe. It was a two-year deal, $30 million, but if you look at it, it's a one-year deal because he's guaranteed $1 million after this season, so I don't expect him to be there after this year for whatever reason. Tyrod Taylor's a good quarterback. Huh? 
Don't don't you think Tyrod Taylor's a, a good quarterback? I probably like him more than the Bills do because the Bills don't seem to like him at all. And um, I think they're in a they're uh, this would be probably a bold pick right here. But um, Cardinal Jones, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be worth a shit. So um, I did sign T.J. Yates. You can probably cut him at any time you want. But, um, <laughs> yes. I think uh, Trubisky could uh, you know, probably end up with the Browns. The Browns are dumb. But uh, I think this would be a bit of a surprise, maybe. Buffalo going with them. They could use a receiver. That's maybe where I would go with the receiver. Uh, their defensive line, they, they run a 3-4. So it's like, yeah, you got to maybe get a guy on the outside there. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just their secondary is not very good. So they could definitely use a cornerback, but they've already signed. Uh, they already signed two safeties, uh, Micah Hyde from Green Bay. Yep. They signed him, so they, they've addressed uh, one of their safety spots. So uh, I think they're going to stun some folk, and uh, Tyrod Taylor, sad, sad Tyrod Taylor. Would you rather have him, though, or E.J. Manuel, who they drafted, which was a big surprise as well when they did that a few years back? I would rather have uh, Tyrod Taylor. Well, I didn't ask. I said you could EJ Manuel or Mitch uh, or uh, 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 Michael Trubisky. Uh, what would you rather have the bill, the Bills take? Trubisky, because we know what the other guy is, and we okay. I don't expect Trubisky to be very good, but you never know. So I know one. I know for certain one guy's bad. He's already been playing, and he's not good. Well, yeah. So uh, I'll take the other guy who's still going to be bad. Maybe he'll be better than this guy. At eleven, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, also, they could use some receivers because their receivers are garbage. Yes. So if Mike Williams is here. Uh, maybe maybe take Mike Williams. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is. I mean, they might not pick up his option. He's often been injured. What? But... I mean, Christ! I know he's injured, but goddamn, they don't have anybody. No, they they don't. Uh, so you can't you can't afford to let him go. No, no. yeah, uh, the Bills the Bills have have some work to do. That's for sure. New Orleans Saints at eleven. They are a team that's going to be they focused don't need on a defense. Back anymore. They don't need a running back. They and why, running back. And why is that? The the child beater sign with them. Boy, uh, didn't didn't we see that coming? Boy, what a what a surprise! What what a coup by the NFL to schedule that game week one. Yeah. Boy, what. Uh, Ooh, what a what a lucky lucky situation that was! I'm sure they had no no indication at all that he was going to sign there. Yeah, one year, three million dollar deal for Peterson. Is he? Do, I mean, I don't even think he's going to be top dog behind Mark Ingram. That's 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 a sad situation. If he would if he would have said to the Vikings, "Here, eighteen million dollars, I'll take half of that," they probably would have said, "Okay, we'll sign you." But no, he. He went somewhere else, which I'm very much in favor of. Yep, and I'm just glad it's not Green Bay. That's all I'm glad. That's that's what I'm happy I about. Think, and I really hope he fumbles in a crucial oh. situation in Week One. Vikings recover and ice the game against the Saints. I think this will be his last year. Very well, could be. Yep, unless he wakes up and says, "Okay, uh, I got to do something different." But yeah, uh, the Saints, though, defensive end or defensive line is certainly in. Uh, area of need here, but I think they might target the secondary more. I just had Lattimore from Ohio State going 
to Buffalo. I think his teammate, uh, Garyon Conley, cornerback from Ohio State, will join him going back-to-back. I have the Saints taking Conley at 11. Ruben Foster is the one with trouble? Yes. I got him going to New Orleans at 11. The linebackers are bad, so they should uh, they should take a linebacker. And uh, yeah, they need everything. Whatever they pick is good, just like all these teams. They want to take another defensive end. Close side of Cam Jordan, that's good. They want to take a secondary guy. Uh, they can do that as well. Um, yeah, they they could use anybody. And uh, I guess they'll, I'll have them taking a linebacker, even though it'll probably drop a little bit to lower than 11. That's a that's a good pick by Foster or of you by giving him Foster. Uh, Twelve. I have the first quarterback going off, and it's Kenneth Trubisky from uh, the University of North Carolina. He's going to the Cleveland Browns. He's from Ohio. I guess it makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't have him going here. I I love Deshaun Watson. I love him a lot more than I do uh, Trubisky. But uh, the Browns seem enamored by him, and the Wolves. He will forever be compared to Carson Wentz. For me, absolutely, because they're both awful. Um, <laughs> I meant for yeah. Browns fans because they would have gotten Wentz last year if they hadn't traded out. By all means, um, Carson Wentz, what a what a garbage quarterback. <laughs> There's one guy on Twitter that I follow that, that, I, that I like that looks into this stuff, and he is not a fan. So I'm going to highly reference this, this gentleman. Uh, when he breaks down this uh, this Carson Wentz fellow again this year, um, whenever I think he's bad, be like, oh, look at him, look at what he Well, we'll see. I've got him taking Sean Watson here. They got a quarterback. Um, Brock Osweiler's a quarterback, and he's no good. So uh, Osweiler should probably start the year, then you bring in Deshaun Watson uh, later on. So unless they maybe, trade Osweiler during the draft, yeah, I don't know who would want him. But um, maybe someday in our lives we'll see the Browns have a good quarterback. Maybe. Wouldn't that be something? Hey, Kelly Holcomb was good back in the day. I mean, he almost led him to a playoff win over the Steelers. It's a hell of a bar we're studying. Hell of a bar. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have quarterbacks going back-to-back here because I think they're – there are two locks for sure where of teams that are going to take quarterbacks in the first round. One is Cleveland – at some point, at 12, or they trade up. The other is Houston at 25. They're going to take a quarterback because they have no one right now. A near certainty, or a near lock, I feel like, is going to be Arizona at 13. I, I can't go and say for sure or absolutely definitive that they will go quarterback, but I have to think a guy who had a hell of a game in the national championship a couple of years ago uh, in a losing effort, he won the national championship this year, and he goes into a tremendous situation. I have Arizona taking Deshaun Watson, quarterback out of Clemson. I have Arizona taking Pat Mahomes, quarterback from Texas Tech. I like that. I could. They need a quarterback. This is probably it for Carson Palmer. He's thirty-seven. Gets hurt. It should be it for him. He was not good last year. And Drew Stanton's are backup, so that's they need a quarterback very badly. Uh, if they don't take, uh, take a quarterback, I think they could use another receiver because um, I think they could use a receiver. So yes. uh, maybe they go all in for one more year, Carson Palmer, and roll the dice. Uh, maybe uh, I think Kirk Cousins would look pretty good with Arizona. But yes. uh, I'll, I'll, they, got, they got Pat Mahomes' kid, also named Pat Mahomes. 
Yes. Uh, I like Pat Mahomes. He's a guy. He and McCaffrey seem to be skyrocketing up draft boards here within the last couple of weeks more than any other players out there. Uh, and you know, I've, I've listened to some interviews with Mahomes. He seems like a kid that's really got his head on straight and seems mature beyond his years. It's just a matter of can he play the position in the NFL. He was in the shotgun and the the the, the sling offense that Texas Tech likes to run, score a bunch of points there. I mean, so how real ready is he going to be to play football? I don't know, but he, his maturity level, I think, is is beyond uh, – is higher than other quarterbacks that we see. I think it's higher than Trubisky, maybe in line with Watson. At uh, at 14, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have the Minnesota Vikings pick here because the Vikings traded their first-round draft pick for Sam Bradford, which again... Who would the Vikings pick here? Well, if, they, if they picked here, they would take yeah, a running... Who, they would take a running back. Really? They would. You can't you can't take a offensive lineman here. Well, I guess you could. I guess you could take Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson out of Alabama would probably be the pick here. Okay. Uh, so that's who I would give them. I will give the Eagles another toy for Carson Wentz to throw to, and the best tight end perhaps in this draft. You have the kid from Miami, who I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, he's good, but. Yes, out of, but I will give the Eagles O.J. Howard tight end out of Alabama. People like O.J. Howard. They do. They do anything solid, but they like him. Uh, I have them taking a defensive back from Alabama, Marlon Humphrey. Cornerbacks now are not good. So uh, I'm going to have them taking a cornerback right now and uh, help them out. That's what I've got. That's a that's a good pick. I think. I mean, the the tight ends there in Philadelphia. What you have, Zach Ertz, and anyone else of significance? Is Brent Selleck still with them? I mean, tight ends. Yeah, in Philly. Yes, he is. Yeah. I mean, at some point he's got to go. Zach Ertz is very good. Uh, Brent Selleck's thirty-two, so he's a waste of time. Uh, yeah, we're well, Sean Jeffrey one-year deal. Often hurt. Love to see him in the Vikings, but. Uh, and they signed Tory Smith, they signed yep. Al Sean Jeffrey. Uh, I don't know. I just think it, I don't think to me, yeah, their their quarterback's terrible, so I don't, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I would think, yeah. but give him another weapon and uh, and see what you can do there with OJ Howard at fifteen with the Colts. Uh, I had him taking Reuben Foster in our Google chat. Um, I actually need to revise this a little bit because I, I completely forgot about Reuben Foster and don't really have him going in the first round. And it, it and that could happen because of the, the diluted substance or, you know, the diluted test, the, the urine sample that uh, he had. So that could take him back down uh, into the early second round, and I think someone would gladly uh, – go and trade up for him. But I like Indianapolis taking Charles Harris. He's a defensive end or linebacker out of Missouri. We know Missouri is that powerhouse in the SEC. And uh, they, they will generate a, a good guy who could he can play linebacker, he can play defensive end, and the Colts need some help defensively. Are you sure? I, I think so. I think so. I, I believe Colonel Luck has summoned the troops to be on the defense here in the uh, in the draft to help uh, help fortify the line and help the Colt Brigade. Sounds about right. I have the Colts 
taking linebacker from Temple, Hassan Reddick. Take a look at their linebackers. They play a 3-4. Their linebackers are terrible. I don't know who any of these guys are. They signed two free agents. I've never heard of any of them. Uh, Reddick's not a huge guy, so he can be a pass rusher. He was a tailback safety in high school. He was a walk-on cornerback at Temple. And now he's an edge rusher. So uh, he can maybe uh, rush a guy. I don't know why the hell they signed these uh, two linebackers that they did. John Simon from Houston, whoever the hell John Simon from Houston is, and Sean Spence from Tennessee. Just real great pickups. That's a waste of my time. So, uh, yeah, their linebackers are packed. I am incredibly impressed, though, you know, how much information that you looked at here into this. Uh, I'm just I'm I, looking at shit here, and I'm just reading off the thing here. Well, I mean. It is, it is information. It is information. It is information. You do a very good job with that. Uh, at, si- at 16 with the Baltimore Ravens, I think this is an area here you could see them go defense because their defense has been suspect here over the last few years. You could see them go wide receiver. Uh, I know they got that kid, Brashad Perriman, from Central Florida who's done absolutely nothing in his career thus far. He's been injured. So you could see them go li- uh, wide receiver here. If Mike Williams is available, I think they would take him in a heartbeat. Maybe they go Corey Davis from Western Michigan. But uh, Joe Flacco's been taking a beating lately uh this is also a place where you could see dalvin cook or uh christian mccaffrey but i have been taking cam robinson offensive tackle out of alabama makes sense i have them taking the receiver from washington john ross very good the fastest wide receiver or who ran the fastest 40 time in nfl or in combine history and should have received an island from Adidas, but I guess wasn't wearing the shoes. So uh... I will say this about uh, about taking the tackle. They have Ronnie Staley from Notre Dame. They picked him in the first round last year at left tackle. Uh, there's a spot, I think, open at uh, maybe right tackle. Um, so maybe they could put him at right tackle. Uh, the Washington Racist pick next. And... Uh... If they get this, if this guy falls to him, I think they'd be pretty happy. I have them. Uh, they, who is it? Ryan Kerrigan is suspended the first four games because he took some performance-enhancing drugs. That's a big no-no. Can't do that. Uh, so in his place, uh, Taco Charlton from a defensive end out of Michigan, going to fill in and uh, help that Washington defense. I have them taking the same guy that you said. Wouldn't it be interesting if they took a quarterback here? It would. It would, because uh, maybe then it would really open up the, the possibility that they would trade Kirk Cousins. I think, I, I mean, listen, Washington got Terrell Pryor. I think that's a decent acquisition here in the in uh, in free agency. They lost Pierre Garçon. They lost Deshaun Jackson. Those kind of hit and miss. Josh Dotson, the wide receiver from TCU, didn't do anything last year. He was injured. So if he comes back, that's a that's good for Washington, but I, I, this Washington team just doesn't do anything for me. The fact that they got five national televised games this year is a complete waste of time and absolutely garbage for a team that did not make the playoffs. And the NFL is promoting their racist name, so screw you, Washington. Uh, yeah. With the 3-4 there, yeah, they don't have any good linemen. Oh, they, 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 they signed a couple of guys. Again, these guys, I've never heard of them. Stacey McGee, apparently he played with Oakland. Uh, Terrell McClain, I, I could fool, my, fool myself into thinking I've heard of him before he played with Dallas, apparently. So they signed a couple of defensive ends for this 
but these guys are garbage, so they should definitely use it on a pass rusher. At 18, the Tennessee Titans, there are a number of good cornerbacks still available. This might be a little high for this guy, and I know that Tennessee has had, uh, I mean, maybe would like to rethink about drafting one Washington guy. Uh, I think we know who that is, a Jake Locker. Uh, mm, he was awfully good. I thought he was going to be great. You know, you know what I thought of him? <laughs> yes, I, I do. Great. Uh, so, having said that, I do think they take uh, the cornerback who's maybe rising more than anyone else, and that's Kevin King, cornerback out of Washington. Right, I'm taking a cornerback, Garyon Conley from Ohio State. I think, and if if I if Conley was available. I think they would take him. I but I had him going uh, eleven to New Orleans. So um, yeah, I think that it's, I think it's a great pick there. And Tennessee's certainly going to have a bevy of options here at the cornerback position at picking at eighteen. Yeah, they signed a couple guys. I think it's very certain receiver with one pick, cornerback with the other. Nineteen Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jameis Winston. Stealing crabs, uh, they they seem to like the Florida State connection. Uh, they got Robert Agoya, the kicker, uh, last year. Uh, I mean, why not keep going with Florida State? Get a running back. You don't know what the muscle hamster is going to do anymore. Doug Martin is a. I mean, can he stay healthy? I doubt it. They're, I think they're going to take Dalvin Cook, the running back out of Florida State. I as well have them taking Mister Cook from Florida State. And they don't have any running backs as long as uh, uh, what's his nuts is going to be in the Betty Ford Clinic. Uh, it's not going to be great for him. So. And I'm surprised that you still have McCaffrey on your board, don't you? I do. I was very going through this and like, who's going to pick him? Who's going to pick him? Who's going to pick him? I couldn't pull the trigger on any of these teams picking him, even though I like him a lot. That's fair. I completely get that. At... And, like, no, and, and, and there's other teams I think that have uh, more pressing needs than uh, than McCaffrey. Uh, I do have him going in the first round, and you're going to hate the fuck out of me for where I have him going. I know where you have him going. I don't. Even... <laughs> I I I don't even need Let's to go. know. Let's see this little son of a bitch kill us for ten years. Let's go. Uh, t- pick 20, the Denver Broncos. They could maybe go with Christian McCaffrey here. Of course, you have the connection with his father, Ed McCaffrey, wide receiver for the Broncos. I think that would certainly help their quarterback situation. So look for them if McCaffrey is still available to take him there. But uh, I have them taking TJ Watt from Wisconsin. What? I, hey, he's versatile. He could play defensive line. He could play linebacker. Uh, I, think they, they, I think they go with him. Very possible. Um, they've got Shane Ray. They've got Von Miller. They've got Jared Crick. They've got Derek Wolf. And they got a bunch of guys. Mm. Uh, rush the passer. Maybe I'd be good to add another guy to that list. Who do I have them taking? Let's take a gander, shall we? I have them taking Cam Robinson, tackle Alabama. Very good. Probably doesn't fall as far, but uh, they could use a guy to to block the other guys. Yeah, that that down that you say that with the depth there, perhaps the the Watt to Denver probably won't wouldn't make a lot of sense. But you don't know with Shane Ray smoking pot if he's going to get uh, some more. I mean, you just never know here. Uh, but if if Watt doesn't go, I think he would go at twenty one to the Lions, 
who, but they will take Hassan Reddick, the linebacker from Temple, if he is still available. They need someone because DeAndre Levy isn't going to play anymore for him. I believe he retired in the offseason after a bunch of injuries. So they have to fill out that linebacker spot somehow. And I think they'll take Reddick from Temple should he be available. Remember that one year where Detroit had a really good defensive line? Yes. And then they didn't anymore? Yep. Um, I have them taking T.J. Watts okay. in Wisconsin. That, that's, a, that's a fine pick there. I... I think if okay, so if if they had the Watt and Reddick both there, who do you think they would take? Taking Watt. They're taking Watt regardless. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I have Reddick. Where did I have Reddick going? You had him Reddick going to the. Colts. Yeah. Yep. So I've uh, got T.J. Watt going to uh, Two Day Trois. Miami. Here we go. Uh, they need some secondary help. So why not go with Chibodi Awuzi, cornerback from Colorado? Excuse you. Yes. Bless me. Cornerback help, you say? Cornerback yep. help. Yeah, they could use they could use a cornerback. Uh, Byron Maxwell's a good guy, I guess, from the Eagles. Yep. Clemson guy, so he's got to be good. Um, yeah, they, they could use a cornerback guy. I've got him taking a pass rushing guy. Chuck Harris, pass rusher guy from Maryland. We got Cam Wake, he's great. Uh, probably another guy besides Cam Wake. So yeah, Cam yeah, Wake. Yeah, wait, Chuck Harris, I think, is from Missouri. Is Charles Harris? What did I say? You said Maryland. Um, I meant Missouri, yeah. Maryland football, garbage. I'll take, Missouri I'll take, football, garbage. I'll take this Harris fellow. So, um,. Dolphins usually take a bunch of defensive ends in the first round. And so, this would um, make sense, too, because they they parted ways with Deion Jordan, their former number three overall pick. How well did that work for them? Worked out great. He's now with Seattle. And I think that one of the teams that is certainly going to trade up in the first round, I think, is going to be the New York Giants. Uh, <laughs> but if Did you know? Yeah. I, I'm sure you didn't. Chris Berman was in Vermilion, South Dakota, Monday night. Are you shitting me? He was given the Al Newhart Award for media excellence or whatever. He was at the new arena in Vermilion. He gave a speech and all this shit. Chris Berman was in Vermilion, South Dakota, Monday night. Wow, that that's that's amazing. I I I'm I'm the, I'm amazed. Why why the hell would he come here? Why Maybe would... can I give him the award? And he showed up, so very uh, good, good for him to show up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but the Giants, I mean, if this guy fell in their laps, they would be ecstatic. I got Garrett Bowles, offensive tackle from Utah. Look at all these mock drafts. People seem, seem like this Garrett Bowles fellow from Utah, and that's I've got uh, Mr. Bowles, uh, Todd Bowles' kid, I believe, going here as well. <laughs> and um, I considered... Maybe Mr. McCaffrey here. Yeah. Um, they really don't have much for running backs. I think they like uh, that Perkins guy from UCLA, though, a little bit. Yeah. We drafted him last year in the fifth round. Uh, we'll see what he does this year. I mean, they got a bunch of Shane Vereen's usually good when he's not hurt. Um, I, 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 I think McCaffrey would be very interesting uh, with the Giants. But, yeah, they, uh, they need some defensive lineup. They got Eric Flowers from Miami a couple years ago on the one side. 
They did uh, take a Fluker. They signed Fluker from uh, San Diego. From, uh, San Diego. Yep. So oh, the Los Angeles now. That's right. So I don't know uh, what their plans are for Mr. Fluker, but um, I'm taking this guy from Utah. If if McCaffrey went to the Giants, would that be the only white backfield in the NFL? The like the true like the com- complete white backfield. What other white running or yeah? What other white running back is there? You have uh, Woodhead in Baltimore with Flacco whenever he would play on third down. But he He's wouldn't be a starter. starter. No. Maybe maybe I'll have a have a white quarterback and a white running back here in a few in a few stacks, and maybe I'll have that pick. Maybe hey I'll hey hey! That, I mean, if if McCaffrey fell this far, do you think the Vikings would trade up for him? Yeah, you do. Okay, I. Yeah. I mean, I and know maybe, uh, I, I, New Orleans would be a trade partner that would make sense. They pick thirty uh, second, uh, Atlanta thirty one. They sure as hell don't need a running back. Uh, Pittsburgh at thirty. Uh, there, there's a team that picks before Pittsburgh. They can maybe use a running back. Uh, Dallas sure as hell doesn't want one. Right. So uh, maybe you trade up to twenty eight, thirty, thirty one, thirty two. Trade up 20 spots to get McCaffrey. At uh, 24, I, I think this guy is more likely to go to Seattle, and if New England had a first-round draft pick, I think they would take him for sure. But Oakland, I think, could use a little more help in the secondary to help with that, that defense. They, they have the pieces in place on offense, especially if you can get Marshawn Lynch. I mean, this is a place here maybe McCaffrey would make some sense – here with Derek Carr, so that would just something to think about. But uh, some versatility in the secondary would be great, and that's why they're going to take Obi Molathanwu, the cornerback safety out of UConn. Excuse yourself again. Yes. Yeah, running back. They don't have a running back, so that could uh, that could be a good decision there. Um, if they don't I get Marshawn Lynch. Yes, even if they do, I mean that's just a one-year deal. I would say. Uh, Gerard Davis, linebacker from Florida. Uh, they could use a linebacker. They've got Bruce Irvin uh, from Seattle a, a year or two ago. Um, the line, I don't know who the hell uh, their other linebackers are, so I'm uh, giving them another one. You have Khalil Mack rushing the passer. Uh, you got Bruce Irvin. You got this guy from Florida. Uh, uh, they could use some more pass rushers. That's very. That's a good pick there. I think Zach Cunningham also makes sense. He's uh, a linebacker from Vanderbilt. So he certainly could be in the mix there as well. Uh, 25, the Houston Texans, they love Pat Mahomes. If you were to follow them, that would be great. They're taking a quarterback here regardless because currently they have no one. Uh, with all respect due to uh, Macho Man Tom Savage and uh, right. Brandon Whedon, who I correctly predicted yeah. a number of years ago yeah. would go 22 to the Browns. He did. Uh, they just don't have They need a quarterback to even make this season remotely in possible for them to make it back to the playoffs. The, how they did it last year was absolutely amazing. The fact that J.J. Watt was injured much of the year didn't help. Uh, but Pat Mahomes, quarterback Texas Tech, makes the most sense here. I have them taking Davis Webb, quarterback from Cal. Holy shnikes. Davis Webb, a first-round pick, huh? That would maybe be my surprise. If I have Pat Mahomes going to Arizona... Of course, if they did not pick him, I think, as you say, Houston would pick Pat Mahomes. But um, 
if, if Arizona does pull that trigger, I've heard from what I've read that um, who's the coach there? Uh, Bill O'Brien. Oh, Arizona. Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians may be more apt to pick a guy that can help him now. All the uh, decision makers may want a quarterback for next year. It'll be very interesting to see what Arizona does. But if they take Pat Mahomes and I take uh, big ass David Webb, Davis Webb, six five, six six guy, who I think won't be any good anyway. But uh, I think they'll pick him. Arizona, though, I remember reading something from Pro Football Talk that said that Bruce Arian said that whatever quarterback they bring in is going to be in a tremendous position because they will get a lot of first-team reps because Carson Palmer will rest during the week uh, someday. So they're going to get the practice time with the reps. that They won't necessarily play, but it's a, it's a very unique situation that they would have. I'd be very surprised if Carson Palmer would last the entire year. Yeah, I would too. But I was surprised that Sam Bradford lasted the entire year for the Vikings with that offensive yeah. line. He got that ball out of there damn quick. Yes, he did. And I would expect him to do it again this year. Seattle Seahawks, they need some help. Uh, they, they could maybe use a little secondary help. Maybe they trade Richard Sherman. Uh, maybe a linebacker makes sense here. But uh, their offensive line was terrible. And I think they're going to run, Forrest, run. They're going to take Forrest Lamp, a guard and center, out of Western Kentucky. I've got him taking this guy from Wisconsin. He's a tackle. Oh, yes. Ryan Ramzik, yep. I suppose is how you would say that. They do have Luke Jokel, uh, who they signed. I don't know. That's going to go. They, uh, that guy from A&M last year, they picked him in the first round. Uh, Fetty. Yep. So they've got a couple of they've got a couple of tackles there. Uh, your pick of a guard, I think, would probably make more sense. But um, yeah, Luke Jokel, I don't know how great that's going to work out. But yeah, their offensive line is probably uh, comparable to the Vikings. The Kansas City Chiefs have some needs, I think, on the offensive line. Maybe some at defense too. They uh, I don't think they kept on Terry Poe, did they? They know they lost a couple guys. Oh, out. Poe, out. Yeah. Uh, so. He had a pull boy somewhere. Uh, so, I mean, they could use some offensive line help, some defensive line help. But you also need to give Alex Smith a few more weapons. Now, Tyreek Hill really emerged last year, and I know they're going to utilize him a lot more in the offense this year. I think is Kansas this is, City a, a conceal and carry state? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. They, they could be. I mean, remember, you're going to Missouri to Kansas in a, in a, in, in a hurry there being in Kansas City. Uh, I, I think they need to give Alex Smith a couple more weapons here. And so they would consider John Ross, the speedster, to match up with Tyreek Hill. But, uh, I mean, Jeremy Macklin, I think, still might be somewhat fast. I don't know that for a fact. But why not take Corey Davis, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan here? Why not take him? So he can never catch a touchdown pass ever. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking McCaffrey here. They got Spencer Ware. He was really good. Uh, Jamal Charles did. Um, Kendrick West. Yes. Um. They were at 3-4. They got a linebacker who's been around for a long time, who when I saw this guy in high school, I wanted the Vikings to take this guy. And uh, he ended up being a good player, Derek Johnson from Texas. Yes. Uh, it was his 12th year, or that maybe a major injury or so. He's 34. Um, I think they take Zach Cunningham, linebacker from Vanderbilt. 
because um, he's 34 years old, so they need to replace Derek Johnson sometime soon. And uh, Tom Mahali is 33. So uh, those guys probably won't be around next year. And I like that pick there, too. I mean, there are so many teams, as we've mentioned, in this draft that could pick a number of different positions. You say, that's a solid pick. I mean, linebacker makes sense for Kansas City here. Uh, Again, wide receiver makes sense. Hell, I mean, they could go quarterback here. Do you want to get a backup for Alex Smith? Go there. I mean, there are some guys who are available that could really help. Uh, so Kansas City, I think, is in a position where they will have a good player and be able to fill a void, you know, at one of multiple spots there uh, on the roster. Dallas needs some secondary help. They need some defensive help. Any good defensive player they had last year, apart from Sean Lee, they left. Uh, I guess Demarcus Lawrence uh, is still around, but uh, I mean. Dallas is void of a lot of defensive talent. Jalen Smith, we'll see what he can do. Uh, He suffered that terrible injury in the Fiesta Bowl for Notre Dame a couple years ago. Missed all of last year, but they really like what he's going to show. Why not help the secondary? And Jerry Jones likes flashy guys. He likes a Dory Jackson out of uh, USC, a guy who could also return kicks and punts. I haven't taken a Dory Jackson as well. Two things you need to know about this uh, secondary for Dallas. They signed Bob Blanton. We know Bob Blanton. Bob Blanton's no good. Um, Viking guy, went to Buffalo last year. Bob Blanton is out there for Dallas. And uh, you look in their secondary, they got uh, got Byron Jones with the guy that jumped like a son of a bitch from Connecticut a couple years ago. So he's a guy. They got Skandrick, who was a fifth-round pick. They got something called Anthony Brown. He was a sixth-round pick last year from Purdue. And you got Bob Bland. Well, that's a bunch of shit right there. Uh, so pick, pick a Dory Jackson. I do, like the, I do like the UConn guy, though. I think he's very good. Uh, he's probably the best of that bunch right there. I know who you're taking it with 29 with Green oh, Bay. my favorite team in the NFL. Go back. Go. Shut it. <laughs> what do we got? Yeah. I got him taking Christian Christian McCaffrey. Tom Montgomery was very impressive. Um, I got him taking the running back. Aaron, what, what did you say? Aaron Rodgers wants some weapons. Well, goddamn it, we're going to get this guy some weapons. Oh, I pray that Christian McCaffrey's gonna, gone by that point. I pray. I'm going to catch 120 passes a year. Oh my gosh, I pray that McCaffrey's gone. Please, Lord, let it be so. Don't give. Aaron Rodgers, this magnificent running back. There, there can't be 28 teams ahead of the Packers that are this stupid. Uh, like actually, there aren't 28 teams because Cleveland and Tennessee have multiple picks. So, I mean, come on. I, I like the pick that you, that you give him. I just, oh, please. McCaffrey has to go before then. Denver, take him. I, I don't care. Detroit, take him. I'll gladly have Zenner go somewhere else. How about else. this? Titans, take him. Well, trade yeah, up. I mean, yeah, trade back and trade, trade, trade up. Yeah, trade let, up, God damn it. Yeah, let's do it. You always trade up. Let's do it again. Uh, their secondary is... Co- one of those third-round picks. Let's go. Their, their, secondary, no their secondary is complete garbage. Uh, Packers? The Packers, yeah, they had a lot of injuries last year. Clinton, oh, yeah, yeah, Clinton Dix is good. Oh, yeah, ha-ha is uh, Clinton... Ha-ha, ho-ho. Uh, he's good. Uh, Demarius Randall, when he's healthy, is somewhat of a good, decent guy. They lost Micah Hyde, so that's no bueno. Uh, Jabril Peppers may make sense here. 
Um, I, I had this written down before the diluted sample, so I might switch him out and maybe push him back uh, to the round and add like a Cunningham or a Reuben Foster. But I'll give them Marlon Humphrey, cornerback out of Alabama. Yeah, and hopefully Jabril Peppers just doesn't around think he did anything wrong. I hope so. Yeah, uh, that's why I have him going 30th to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is another spot where I think John Ross makes some sense to the wide receiver out of Washington. But uh, you want someone who can be a Troy Polamalu-esque type player, kind of can blitz whenever you want and can make some great coverage. Uh, obviously he's converting over to safety. He didn't play that position a lot at Michigan, but he's the versatile weapon that I think Pittsburgh would love to have on defense, and I think they would uh, eagerly take him there at 30. We did not talk about this before, but we've got, what, a half dozen picks the same? Yes. I as well have them taking to Bill Peppers. This is amazing. We we think a lot alike. Yeah, they've got, what, Mike, Mc, Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis. Two random guys. I could make those names up. <laughs> but uh, those are apparently what I'm looking at their safeties right now. And I haven't heard of one of them. So um, you should probably uh, pick a safety. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, we know what happened to them in the Super Bowl. Uh, they Sean Witherspoon, the linebacker, I believe he was out of Missouri. He keeps getting injured. So they need help in the linebacking core. Uh, so I'll give them Gerard Davis. Linebacker out of Florida if he's available. Taking a uh, defensive lineman, the guy from UCLA, Karis McKinley. Mm-hmm. They signed. They were the guys that signed Don Terry Poe. Oh yes. Uh, so that's the uh, Brooks Reed is on that team. Uh, Adrian Claiborne from Iowa. Um, has not been good. So they could use a pass rusher. I think uh, they got Vic Beasley. He's a very good linebacker. Um. Deion Jones apparently was all rookie from LSU last year. He's a linebacker, second round pick, I guess, from LSU. So I think they could use a, uh, a guy instead of Adrian Claiborne, for Christ's sake. Yes, that that makes a lot of sense there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be available here. And I, that, that McKinley guy is great. He could go high, in, like in the mid-teens. I think that's yeah. as high as you could see him go in this draft. And then at 32, New Orleans Saints, I will let you go first um, with, with their pick. I bet, yeah, I, bet, I bet there's a quarterback that may go here. I'm not taking him. But uh, I've got uh, Tredavious White, cornerback from LSU. I'll call him Three Davis White. Um, yeah, because their secondary's bad. So yes. what was the first one I had? I had him picking, uh, what, 11? I had him taking Reuben Foster from Alabama. I'm taking Three Davis White uh, to help the secondary. Remember a couple years ago when the Vikings traded back into the first round to with Seattle, pick 32. It was the year after the, 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 the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. They traded up and they got Teddy Bridgewater. Now, looking, Teddy Bridgewater. Now looking back at it, you might might say that they that Derek Carr would have been the better pick. But because uh, with, with Teddy Bridgewater's injury, which un, which is unfortunate. I mean, he he was playing. He looked like he was emerging and would be the the true franchise quarterback. And maybe he still can be. But they got him at 32 because of that fifth-year option. That was the one key point there that you could sign him and to like a four-year deal to pick up that option for a fifth year. You can't do that with any of the other players uh, in, in the rounds two through seven. So that's why New Orleans, Drew Brees isn't getting any younger. What better situation 
with uh, with Drew Brees and Sean Payton than to take a quarterback here. It's it's a, it's a free pick. I mean, you got rid of Brandon Cooks. You sent him to New England. So yeah, pick thirty two. They take Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback out of Notre Dame. You think he'll be good? He's he's got a lot of tools. Uh, he's he's not lacking any confidence. And who better to learn from than than Drew Brees? And if he says he has the body of Cam Newton, well, he'll get to see Cam Newton twice a year. Cam Newton. Yeah, they could take him. Uh, very interesting because there's a lot of teams that have a lot of old quarterbacks that are so good. Drew Brees is 38. They did they did uh, re-sign Chase Daniel, so I'm sure he'll uh, really get the clipboard going there. You know, they, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of. I mean, the quarterbacks here are all bad. They're all bad, and um, some teams there's going to be plenty of teams reaching for quarterbacks here. The the intriguing thing, I think, just kind of gathering here what we got. You have a lot of linebackers, uh, cornerbacks, and quarterbacks going here in the in the 32. I have a lot. I, I have fewer linebackers than you. A uh, lot of cornerbacks, but I believe we each have four quarterbacks. Correct. I have Davis Webb. You have Deshaun Kaiser. Yep, and then the rest. I mean, I think that's the. I've come up with bold predictions before, and this year I don't have the boldest of bold predictions. I have Ezekiel Elliott last year going to the Cowboys. I had Eric Ebron a few years back uh, being a, a high draft pick. Uh, the Demarius Thomas, the Brandon Whedon. So I've hit on some of these in the past. Yeah, this, you, say, you say Ezekiel Elliott last year. That was your yep, pick. Yep. And this year, I don't have a, a I don't have a good feel because this feels like such a wide open draft with teams having so many different needs. They could go a number of different places, but I mean, it, a lot of people thought that no quarterback, maybe two quarterbacks tops would uh, or top would go in the first round. And I remember listening to 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 Jeff Lloyd the second early. I think it was in January around the Senior Bowl, or maybe it was the Combine in February, and he said, "Hey." Uh, there's going to be five, like four quarterbacks to go in the first round. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, I just don't know. But then you just stop and think about where all these quarterbacks are. I mean, the the Ben Roethlisberger, the Philip Rivers, the Eli Mannings. I mean, that that trio, they're getting older. You may need, you maybe one of those teams wants to get one of these quarterbacks to groom and be that suitable backup. Kansas City is certainly a possibility. Jacksonville, Buffalo. I mean, there are. Places that need that that have needs that quarterback that could certainly take one one of these guys, but then you have situations like Arizona makes too much sense for them not to take a quarterback. Houston absolutely needs a quarterback. Cleveland needs a quarterback. So really, you only need one other team to say yes, I want to take this quarterback, and that, so that's why I think it it sounds bold, or it, it's maybe not as bold as it as it really is. But I have four quarterbacks going and three running backs. I mean, I think it's a that's a virtual lock because we've never seen a, a group of a trio of running backs like we see with McCaffrey, Cook, and Fournette. I, I I just think it makes too much sense for for there not to be a team that will take four quarterbacks. So that's my bold prediction: four quarterbacks go in the first round at least. Because my bold prediction would be Davis Webb is picked. Yep. Um, all it takes is one team to pick a quarterback, and everybody I think would get anxious and say, "Oh, I got to get my quarterback because he might be picked." I don't know how much it 
I think it matters maybe a little bit about the quarterbacks next year. Seem to be a lot better than this year. So if you're San Francisco and you know you're going to be bad again, if you're Chicago and Jacksonville and Cleveland and you know you're going to be bad again, uh, would you roll the dice and maybe get, uh, if you like, a Josh Rosen or uh, maybe a guy from Wyoming, Josh Allen, or, uh, Donnell, or Sam Darnell from uh, USC? If you like him, those three guys are probably going in the top ten next year. I'm sure there'll be some guy that will uh, surprise. So I would say this would be a good year to pass on the quarterback and wait for next year. And that makes it makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I just think, again, there are teams that are locks to take quarterbacks in the first round. That would be Cleveland, even though I think maybe it would make more sense for them to take a running back at 12 than it would a quarterback. But I think... So if they've got the first pick in the second round? Yes. There's going to be a quarterback there. You yep. want to take Deshaun Kaiser? He might be there. He might be there, yep. Or you could trade back up with the Saints and get in that first round. I mean, that was one of my... That was a previous bold prediction I had regarding the Browns, is that they would take Miles Garrett, they would take a running back, and they would trade up to get a quarterback. That was the initial bold prediction. I've since gone away from that. I will just stick with uh, the four quarterbacks there. But I... There's just... It makes too much sense not for there not to be four quarterbacks taken. I get what you're saying, but Houston needs one for sure. Cleveland's going to take one. I'm pretty sure Arizona's going to, so I just need one other team to fill that void. And I think there's going to be one team that does. Cleveland has lots of pick these next two years. Um, so they need to make these work. They have uh, 11 picks this year. It's the third year they've had 11 picks. Uh, they had 14 last year. They had 12 two years ago. Um, let's see, what do they have this year? They have what, two first-round picks and two second-round picks. It's like so four of the first happen. 50 picks or something are Cleveland. Yeah, they have four of the first 52. So get that done. They have five of the first 65. So you get five of the 65 best players coming out. Somebody's got to be good. Uh, next year, they have a first-round pick, their own pick. And they have three second-round picks next year. So they get the Eagles pick because uh, of a trade last year, and they get the Texans pick because they killed them in the Osweiler trade. They're going to have three picks in the top uh, 60 next year. So these next two years are going to have 10 picks in the top 65 the next two years. Get somebody good. That's why I think the Browns could be a playoff team in three years. But they have to hit, they have to nail these draft picks. They absolutely have to. If I was them, I would, they're definitely a team that can give up something for a draft pick. I'd be willing to give up something for Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So. Very good. They, they've got picks. They've got picks to deal. Whether you like a Garoppolo or uh, you know Kirk Cousins, because I can't even remember the last time there was a quarterback free agent. That was good. Because it never happens. You're right. You're right. This is a. This was not a good group this year. That that's for sure. Uh, Crins, another year, another. Awesome NFL draft. I say this is the like the one of the two best shows we do all year. This in the uh, bracket breakdown, the March Madness. Uh, another fine year. Uh, congratulations, and we will see how we do Thursday night.
So eighth year we've done this. Yeah. And we've had we've we've had fun doing it each and every year. It's been a little different uh, as we've gone through the years, but but this is a good this is a good show. I don't mean to toot our own horn, but uh, it th- this is good, good stuff. Maybe uh, next week, maybe a teaser for next week. I have uh, picks of drafts past and how we did. Very good. I look forward to that. Maybe we'll break down the NFL schedule as well. Oh my! I, I, I'm gonna be sick next week. I don't. Uh, I won't. Maybe. I won't bore you with all the details. We'll just look. We'll look at the Viking schedule and see how badly they got boned because they did. Terrific. Okay. Thank you, Krenz. Uh Enjoy the draft as much as you can watch of it. Uh, follow it on on your on your flip phone there as you as you call yeah. the baseball game on Thursday, and uh, we will. I'm sure we'll be, we will be chatting. Uh, throughout the weekend regarding the draft and uh, we will talk with you next week Christian McCaffrey Green Bay jersey has already been ordered so oh my gosh this would be awful just my worst nightmare let's hope it happens thank you Krenz alright we'll, we'll see you later <laughs> Travis Krenz us here Sports Block Podcast excellent mock draft there uh and it's just going to continue here because coming up next, Jeff Lloyd the second turn on the Jets.com with another uh, mock draft where we'll get his mock draft unveiled. I don't really like necessarily what I did. I really like what Krenz had. Uh, it sounds much more concrete than than mine. I will have I will fine tune this a little bit. The, the what's on the podcast here is going to be different in the stack uh, at stackattack.sportsblog.com. You will find out on Thursday. But coming up next, uh, again, again, no, no Jackrabbit, uh, you know, SDSU sports update this week. None of that focused exclusively on the draft. Little NBA and NHL playoff talk sprinkled in at the beginning there. Uh, so all NFL draft coming up next. Jeff Lloyd the second turn on the Jets.com reveals his mock draft here. Jury's unveiled it on other platforms, other podcasts. But he'll let us know what it is coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, our special NFL mock draft edition. And uh, the one and only Jeff Lloyd II from TurnOnTheJets.com. Kind enough, as always, to to spend a few minutes with us. Jeff, it is almost the big day. Uh, how are you feeling? How, how are you feeling with 24 hours leading up to the draft here? Uh, obviously, Nathan, uh, look, we're getting to this point now where it's, you know, uh, there's nothing left to do. Uh, it's just about time to just start, you know, having everybody just start calling their names. Uh, anything that can happen now, is it good? Obviously, with the recent situations with uh, Brantley from Florida and obviously Gary and Conley and the situation he's now in. Mm-hmm. It, it's just to this point now where, you know, we just need to get this going on here, start get some guys in spots. Anything that goes on right now is not good. Right. I mean, I think we saw that last year with Laramie Tunsil, uh, the old miss and the tackle went to Miami there. Well, it's snowing up here in the Dakotas, in North Dakota here, so uh, the, the draft is certainly a, an opportunity to uh, bring some warmth and good cheer. So let's uh, let's get right to it here. Um, you know, we can go as much as you want to here in the first round that you got. Uh, Cleveland starting off number one. It's got to be Miles Garrett, right? There's nothing else for Cleveland to do right now. Uh, I mean, this is the safest, easiest selection there is. 
Um, you know, look, he's, uh, you know, he brings pass rushing ability that is rare. You know, you're talking about a guy, you know, at a number one position of J.D. Von Clowney and those types of guys. You're talking a double-digit sack guy per year. You know, whether these guys, you know, some of these former pros want to pick on him or not and downgrade his game, I understand that. But, look, it's a safe selection. You're Cleveland. You got a chance here to replenish your roster after strong, you know, free agency run. It's just that easy. You know, put Cleveland on the clock. Get the selection in, and we will go from there. Uh, what, what do you like then? Uh, picks two through five, if you have them. Who, who do you like going where? Because I'll be honest, I think this is about as wide open as you could possibly get. Because you know, with the 49ers, I think they can make a number of different selections, and people will say that's a great pick there because they need the help there. That that's how depleted the 49ers are of talent there. Uh, so, how do you like the top five going? Uh, I think San Francisco, obviously, it's going to be difficult. Obviously, John Lynch, we have nothing to go on. Here was a guy who was in the booth for many years. We have no way to, you know, exactly know what he wants. And he's probably in a spot right now where he likes everybody. You know, it, this is the new GM feel for him. You know, he's like, oh, I'd love that guy. Oh, I'd love that guy. I'd love that guy. Ooh, shiny toy. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it seems, and from a lot of people I talk to, and I actually, I'm not comfortable with this, but I think John Lynch comes from a little bit of an old-school football mentality. I think they're going to actually take Leonard Fournette here at two. Uh, they don't have much at the quarterback position. They have some wide receivers that they brought in. They want to evaluate them. At least get something on offense where you can keep the ball rolling. They have young guys on defense. They'll have a bunch of ton of picks to make after this. So I, I think it's it, it's a safe pick there for them. Number three, I think Jamal Adams, defensive back out of LSU, he, he is, you know, besides Garrett, probably the safest defensive selection in this draft. Uh, his pro day, he helped himself out. He ran a little bit better. Uh, everybody loves what he does. I mean, you can go back to the Louisville game. He's a great in-the-box safety. He was one guy that actually made, you know, Jackson, the quarterback from Louisville, almost look attainable. So he was able to take care of that. So, um, you know, that's a safe selection there. Number four, uh, Jacksonville, Solomon Thomas. Uh, I think Dante Fowler, they were a high pick a couple of years ago. The knee blew out. It, it's not really gotten much better for him. So I do believe that t- taking another pass rush here to pair with Ngakwe is really going to help them. Number five, Tennessee. This is where maybe trades start coming into equation. But I think I like uh, Corey Davis here. Uh, he's the safest guy. Look, some people have some issues because we do not have any testing numbers on Corey Davis. Look, his tape was phenomenal. I'm okay with his tape. Tennessee, you're in a position here where you're trying to put a stamp on yourself, uh, winning an AFC South division. I think you just go get the best wide receiver in the draft and, and just don't think twice about it. Don't get cute. Don't trade. Take the top players with the picks you have. The with the going back to the 49ers here and and Fournette, I've seen Fournette in quite a few mock drafts. I mean, like I said, they're void of talent in many different areas. If they went Jamal Adams here, the safety out of LSU, I mean, John Lynch was a safety. Is that a plausible place for them here? Um, Jamal Adams could go as high as two to San Francisco. Uh, they do have safeties on the roster. Uh, Eric Reed was a high pick a few years back. Yep. Does but does have some concussion concerns. So I mean, it is it is a, it is thinking, but maybe it's too simple to just say you know John Lynch, the former safety, is going to save me. Right. So you know maybe that's why I'm thinking maybe a little bit of a different way. Okay, that's great. And then uh, with Tennessee taking Corey Davis here over Mike Williams, what uh, what do you think they're looking at there? What, how much of a gap is there between Corey Davis and Mike Williams? Are they pretty much side by side? I think with Mike Mike Williams, you kind of get a little bit more of an Antonio Bryant where you're not going to get a full route tree. He does really well in the routes he runs. He bodies out well. He high points well. 
But Corey Davis, you're talking a full-time receiver, runs all the routes. Uh, obviously, you have Mariota, who's a good, uh, obviously a good with his legs. You know, he's developing even more and more in the pocket as he's gone on. You don't really have a true number one wide receiver there. Bringing Mike Williams in would help, but I don't think he brings you a true number wide receiver one. I think he's going to be a two as a pro. So you just can't mess around here. You just got to take Corey Davis. Excellent. Uh, let's go uh, six through ten then, if you got it. Okay. Well, this is actually where I'm going to put in my first trade. I, I just think Cleveland. You just even if they think they can get the quarterback that they want at twelve, you're just in a position where you cannot risk it. You have eleven picks this year. You have eleven picks in 2018. You know, obviously, your resume is not very good. Your fan base has had a long time of having to struggle. Go to six. The Jets want out of six. They will not make it difficult on you. Go to six. Draft the quarterback that you want. You know, much like Derek Carr said, I want to be an Oakland Raider. I want to change the culture there. Go get Mitchell Trubisky, who's saying these same things about the Cleveland Browns. Go get him. Don't hesitate. Just take that guy. You're still going to have pick number 33 in this draft. So you're getting three of the top 33 in the draft. I think it's an easy slam dunk that Cleveland's just got to do. So Trubisky then, right? Trubisky at six. Okay. Seven, uh, the Chargers is interesting. Could go many, many ways here. Um, like we were talking before we started here. You know, there's no reason they couldn't look in a quarterback here. You know, Phillip Rivers obviously has made a lot of money. He was never thrilled with the move to L.A. Uh, I'm just going to go with yet another toy on the defense. Obviously, the defense, the pass rushes, Melvin Ingram's there. Obviously, Joey Bosa had monster rookie year once he finally got on the field after all you know the contract squabbles. Go get Malik Hooker, who is the best center fielder in this draft, the best free safety in this draft. All it's going to do is make the little eggs easier for the pass rushers. It's it's not going to you know they'll be able to get there. You know they won't need as much time. You know the quarterback's going to have to react quickly because these guys are going to be there. If the quarterback does rush it, you've got a guy like Hooker who can break on the ball. It makes the lives easier on your cornerbacks. Pretty easy selection there. Um, Carolina here, this has been kind of pretty much set in stone here. It seems about a week or two now. Christian McCaffrey is – Carolina runs a very bland, boring offense. It's something that you would see from the 1980s. <laughs> so what do you do is you bring in the ultimate versatile guy. You bring in Christian McCaffrey, who one week could have 20 carries. And the next week could carry yeah, – it catch eight balls, you know, a punt return guy. There are so many ways that he's going to be able to get 20 to 25 touches per week from different areas that he alone brings some diversification to the Carolina Panther offense, which is drastically needed. Cincinnati's a tough one. Uh, they, with Marvin Lewis there, maybe it was time for a coaching change finally after all these years. They still haven't done it. Uh, Jonathan Allen, you know, safe plug-and-play guy. He's active on the defensive line. He's going to make things you know, he's going to make things happen with his quickness and his anticipation. I think him at nine is a solid selection there. Uh, now, 10, Buffalo, you got to help this receiving game. I don't know if I'm going to go to another Clemson wide receiver. <laughs> I think here I'm going to go, and this is where the tight end will go. I think this is a perfect spot for O.J. Howard. You know, you're playing with, uh, you know, mobile quarterbacks. Even still, if Buffalo is not happy with their quarterback in 2018, you still have a fantastic tight end. And that's a lot more alluring to, you know, you know, go further on with your offense. Sammy Watkins, as much as I love him, you do have to be a little bit concerned with the injuries. But, you know, O.J. Howard's just an easy pick here. It helps the running game. It helps the passing game. Just got to do it. Uh, with with Jonathan Allen at 9 to Cincinnati, I think that's, like, the lowest that he's going to possibly fall, right? Yeah, he was a, he's just a hard guy for me to slot because when you're talking about what all these other guys bring, you know, 
with uh, Jonathan Allen, he's a nice ball player. He's a real nice ball But there's like almost like, you know, where's like the sexiness of him? And, and look, you know, like a lunchbox type of thing. You know, I think he's a guy, once you see him on Sundays on your team, you're going to be a lot more excited about him than you would be up until this process. You know, guys who score touchdowns, guys who get sacks, guys who get interceptions. But you need the Jonathan Allen to the world. Uh, you know, they drafted Andrew Billings last year out of Baylor. He was hurt. You know, so basically, you know, have no idea if he's going to really be a part of, you know, 17. Got to see if the injuries come back. Just get a guy like Jonathan Allen. He'll be a, you know, friend, you know, be a franchise piece to Cincinnati for quite a while. And then at Buffalo with, at, at 10 there, because they lost to Fawn Gilmore in the, in the offseason, I know they brought in what Micah Hyde from Green Bay. I like them going perhaps with uh, Marshawn Lattimore, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Is that a decent selection here that you could see him going at? It is, but when I look at that offense and their their wide receiver core is is other. I mean, you figure yep. Sammy Watson misses time because he does every year. You look at the rest of that wide receiving core, and I don't even know if you have a number three wide receiver there. Yeah. So I think you got to add something there. I mean, if you expect to, you know, do something, look, you got a first-year coach who obviously, you know, got some thoughts here on, you know, doing some things with his offense. I just think maybe going Howard is probably the best route. And then in this cornerback class, you know, you can you can get corners later. There's plenty of them. Yes, no doubt, absolutely. We, we talked about the depth last week of uh, with this secondary. How about uh, 11 through 15 if you have them? 11 New Orleans, uh, Marshawn Latimer, I think this is his landing spot. And look, one thing I said, you know, and we talked about with the cornerbacks is, I don't know if you want to be the team to start the cornerback run in the top 10, you know, to give yourself better value if you're going to go after it later. So this is where I'll put Latimer in New Orleans. Obviously, you're playing in that division. You need to do some things here, obviously, you know, to you know slow down Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Jameis Winston's got another toy. You know, you need cornerback play in that division. Number 12, this is the Jets. Now, uh, this one here, it's a little different, but he's a personal favorite of mine. And I you know <laughs> the Jets' needs are endless. Kevin King at the University of Washington, uh, six foot three, fastest three cone at the, you know, at, at the combine. Uh, maybe needs a tad bit of footwork. I know he came to the Jets on an official visit. This is a great selection here. And look, Claiborne's here on a one year, five year, five mil deal. He's here basically to make himself some more money and most likely he wouldn't stay with the Jets. Mm-hmm. So Kevin King there gives you nice bookend cornerbacks for now. Claiborne most likely going to move on after one year. You've got your guy here. He's got the ball skills. Real good kid. Not a troublemaker. Just a safe pick. Uh, 13, uh, Arizona. Look, Carson Palmer can't get through a season anymore. So you've got to go get something. And obviously, you know, what is the most exciting quarterback in this draft? Go get Patrick Mahomes. The most fascinating arm in this draft. Arizona, I'm sure Arians have to have his eyes on him. There's been some connections. He shouldn't go any lower than this, just on upside. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes at number 13, Arizona. Uh, last few days for Philadelphia, the Dalvin, Cock, the Dalvin Cook uh, talk has really, really picked up, which is really exciting for him. You know, it, it seems now maybe it's starting to turn around after what has been a rough draft cycle. Robert Klemko wrote a real long piece yesterday for Monday Morning Quarterback, you know, almost actually defended him because he's, you know, really had a rough cycle, Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I think he'll find his home in Philly. You got Carson Wentz. You want a true running back and take, you know, make the life of the second year quarterback easier. Uh, 15, uh, Colts. Uh, Hassan Reddick has been the hottest name on the defensive side of the ball since the draft, since the senior bowl. Uh, you know, you were talking about a guy who wasn't even a scholarship kid at Temple. He's now turned himself into one of the top selections on the defensive side of the ball in this draft. He can rush the passer. He actually has coverage instincts from the fact that he came to Temple as a DB in high school. He can play some metal. He can actually just play, has true linebacking skills. 
real versatile chess piece on D and a guy that the Colts really, really could use. Why Mahomes over, say, Deshaun Watson for Arizona? Arizona loves the vertical passing game. Now, if you're thinking about that, you're going to look at the guy with the strongest arm in the draft as opposed to, yep. you know, Watson. It's just where, you know, I have a beautiful landing spot for Deshaun Watson coming up. <laughs> Good. But I just think, you know, it fits more what Arians, Arians wants to do with the deep vertical passing game. And with the, with the Eagles there at Cook, or in Cook, I think that's great because you do need to give Carson Wentz a little, uh, you know, another weapon. They they went in the offseason, they got Torrey Smith, they got Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I mean, Jeffrey's got to stay healthy, of course. If O.J. Howard were to fall to them, though, here, and that's where I have, uh, that's where I have the Eagles picking in one of my mocks is Howard here. Is that a place that they could get him? Or, or I mean, I know they have Zach Ertz. Is, would they pick Howard if he were available? Uh, I, I'm not saying they wouldn't. I think really Gary and Conley was a guy they strongly had considered mm-hmm. for 14. I think that's maybe what's opened up the, the door here for Dalvin Cook. Um, obviously, Conley right now is in a situation where, I mean, unless you get, you know, that police department to say he is cleared of any and all wrongdoing, this is, you know, we are no longer pursuing this. I don't think Gary Conley at this point is even going to get drafted. So I think that opens the door up. Really? You know, there are other. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. It, I think we're looking at a Lael Collins situation here. Yeah. When where, I uh, when I started recording the the podcast here this week, I did have Conley at uh, eleven to the Saints, and that was before this uh, revelation came out. In the you know, in the, the woman accusing him of rape and everything. So yeah, I mean, I don't. In, you know, another one that I'm doing, I'm not even putting him in the first round, but you don't think he might even get drafted. I, I don't see, unless you get some sort of word here, and I mean, look, we're less than 24 hours away for round one. You know, we're less than 40 hours away from Friday. Unless you get a full clearing of him, you know, I don't know if you can waste a pick on a guy that, you know, is looking at serious felony charges. I mean, that, you know, I mean, I watch a lot of Law and Order SVU. Mm-hmm. Until, until they have a problem, you know, you know, they're going to take the victim's word until they no longer believe it. So, I mean, it's just a tough spot for him to be in. Even if he is found totally innocent, sadly, if that comes late Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, I don't see how you can pick him. Is this a? I don't mean to say, and I'm I'm not trying to be insensitive by any stretch here, uh, or by any means. Uh, is this could? Is this somewhat maybe like a smear campaign? It just seems so. I mean, it it just sucks for him that this these allegations would come out. You know, just days before the draft begins. I mean, I've read that witness. You know, he's got two or three witnesses that said he didn't do anything wrong. Again, we don't want to. I'm trying not to speculate here, but does it does it just seem like someone was maybe out to get him in this sort of situation? I I I I don't I don't think that. I think right now, you know, even if he ends up innocent, what he's guilty of is bad judgment. Sure, you, very you, true. You don't, I mean, you you are the asset here. You have everything going for yourself. I mean, he invited a stranger up to a hotel room that was in his name. He was there. Yep. I mean, look, even if, say, God forbid, this girl tried to rob him or this girl went in the bathroom and shot up and died. I mean, yep. this creates a bad picture for him. And, you know, in a lot of agents I talk to, they, they tell their guys during this cycle, look, don't ever leave the house. Go work out. Go home. Just mm-hmm. stay there. You don't get yourself in a position where something dumb can happen. Yes, this is a one in a million shot that maybe, you know, even if, if he's innocent here, it's a one in a million shot the way this all broke. But, you know, 
it's also a one in a million shot that you're going to get drafted in the NFL and be a millionaire before you've ever taken a down. Very true. So, you know, yep. it's a tough situation for the kid, but, you know, this is where it's at right now. You're right. The the judgment is a huge factor and uh, and making smart decisions, and clearly this was not one of them. Uh, 16 through 20, what do you have? All right, 16, Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore was a tough one here. Uh, probably could use some defensive help, but I think a little bit of the defense is sliding. This is where I'm going to put in Mike Williams. Uh, obviously, Brashad Perriman, the young receiver there, he seems to be a full route runner. Obviously, the health's a little bit of a question. Uh, Mike Williams, you know, great jump ball catcher. He's going to get you some vertical stuff. You know, you, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of corners in this league. It's going to be a hand in one on one. Should make Perriman's, uh, Brett Perriman's life a little, Brashad Perriman's life a little bit easier. I slide him in here. 17, Washington. Uh, they need help with their pass rush. They need help, you know, up front and then three, you know, uh, obviously outside linebacker at the DN. Derek Barnett from Tennessee. Not the sexiest player. He's a sound player who's going to grade out every week. Maybe maxes out as a nine ten sack per uh, you know sacks per year guy. But a guy that Washington really needs on that defense. They need some sound football players who are going to do what they're asked to and stick to the scheme. Eighteen Tennessee here with their second pick. Uh, you know you gave you gave a toy to Marcus Mariota. Obviously, you know they moved on from Jason McCourty. Plug in here, Marlon Humphrey. I'm not a huge fan of him as a cornerback. I think maybe he's eventually going to end up as a free safety, but he's very physical, plays the run well, uh, you know, still working on his jump ball ability. That's a little bit lacking, but definitely worthy of a, you know, selection here. Uh, this is actually the second trade I put in. Uh, Seattle really, really needs a little offensive line help. So I'm going to have them trade up with Tampa Bay here and we'll see our first offensive tackle taken. And that's going to be Garrett Bowles out of Utah. When you're talking about Seattle, yes, Garrett Bowles is going to be a 25-year-old rookie. It's not appealing to a lot of teams. You're Seattle. You feel you're in it every year. You feel you need a left tackle. You feel he's the best left tackle in the draft. Go ahead and add him here. It should help with your running game. You you, you like your running back core. You like your wide receiver core. You need to be able to run the ball a little bit better. We saw last year with Kristen Michael. They had problems sticking at the four-yard per carry average. So, you know, bring in Bowles here. It should help that. And then we would go to pick 20, uh, Denver. Same scenario. You got a young quarterback that, you know, you need to protect. You need to protect the running game. You like your wide receiving core. I'll go with the second tackle off the board here. Ryan Ramzik out of Wisconsin. Cam Robinson, probably worthy of this selection, but I don't think he's a guy that Denver's going to touch. So Ryan Ramzik out of Wisconsin, I'm going to put here in at 20 to Denver. Very good. Uh, I like, I like seeing that here. Uh, what do you, what about 21 through 25? Detroit Lions were one of the more difficult ones I had a team slot here. I don't think Detroit's very far off. I think I think the biggest problem with Detroit is they always seem to find themselves in the tough spot in a good division. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, last year they had a good run and kind of fell apart there at the end. Uh, you know, so you know, offense seems to be solid. So I'm going to give them help on defense. Jared Davis, linebacker out of Florida. Uh, I think he's really grown through this process. Ruben Foster keeps you know basically stubbing his toe every chance he can get and hurting his draft position. Put in Jared Davis here, I think will really help that Detroit defense, you know, and maybe get them just a step closer to hopefully contending for that NFC North crown. Uh, pick 22, the Miami Dolphins. Not much is needed. Miami had a really good year. A uh, little offensive line help. Obviously, last year you got your left tackle of the future, Larry Tunsil. Go ahead and plug in Forrest Lamp here at a guard position. It's only going to help Tannehill. It's only going to help the running game. Solid selection for them here. New York Giants. Look, at this point, the Giants really, you could go left tackle. There's not really much the New York Giants need right now. I, I have them penciled in as an NFC championship team next year. That's how good this team is when you think about the oh. fact that Brandon Marshall's here. Yep. Sterling Shepard is a number three wide receiver. Um, it looks like they're about to add LeGarrette Blunt to that backfield. 
which again. veteran leadership, even if he is a little bit of a weirdo, I mean, he knows <laughs> how to produce on Sundays. Yes. So why not get one more toy for Eli here and then something, you know, who's going to be bountiful here the days when Eli's gone and Brandon Marshall. So I'll put in the second tight end in the draft, and that's David Njoku, local kid from New Jersey. They know him well. He has a great reputation, just scratching the surface as a player. They have other tight ends on the roster, so he can be brought along slowly. It just seems it seems a really good pairing there for them. 24, Oakland. Obviously, the Marshawn Lynch news broke today. Yep. he's there. Obviously, that was really good for them. Obviously, you get some veteran leadership. The guys in Oakland seem really excited about having him. I'm going to plug in Cam Robinson here. You know, Marshawn Lynch, a lot of people kind of like pick on him. I think he's a weirdo, but he is all about his team. He's all about game days. A guy like Cam Robinson, you know, he can learn a thing or two from Marshawn Lynch about being a pro. So putting Cam Robinson, you can beat that offensive line. You know, what, what's, you know, biggest problem you had last year was Carr suffered the two injuries. You want to do everything to protect that asset, asset that you have in Derek. Uh, 25, and this, this just falls so perfectly. And even for Houston, I would entertain trading up from this spot. Deshaun Watson just fits so smoothly right there. You get over the Brock Osweiler, basically bonehead error that the entire franchise made. Mm-hmm. You sneak in Deshaun Watson. I would trade up to do it if I had to. Uh, now, look, and one of the things, look, if you had velocity concerns with Deshaun Watson, and look, his arm isn't as strong as these other guys. It's a fact. So what do you do? You put him in a spot where he plays nine dome games a year. Uh, he plays a road game in Jacksonville, Florida. He plays a road game in Tennessee. So now there you are. You're at 10 games at his schedule where you don't really concern about his velocity because there really shouldn't be weather as a factor. Right. It's just perfect. Obviously, he should know New Hopkins. Didn't play together, but obviously they should know each other. You know, uh, you know, throws a good enough deep ball that he can take advantage of Will Fuller, you know, to have the running game there. It, and it just slips right into what has been, you know, the AFC South champion two years in a row. And now you can just slide in a quarterback here somewhere in the 20s or even at 25. And it's almost a gift from the gods for Houston. Yeah, I mean, I I have the Texans taking the quarterback. I think there are two teams that are for sure locks to take a quarterback in the first round, one being Cleveland, the other one being Houston. Uh, I think Arizona is very likely to take a quarterback. Uh, And then there's that wild card in the fourth. You were the first guy that I had heard that said, okay, there are going to be four quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the first round. So that's what I've kind of gone here with, and I I firmly believe in now that there's going to be a couple other teams that really – Uh, say we need to get one of these guys in part I think it's because of the fifth year option that teams are allowed to give first round picks right yes uh absolutely you know and you just gotta do it I mean it's it's that important and now look and I told you all four of these guys I feel are much better players than Goff and or you know Carson Wentz coming out Mm -hmm. and it's just weird maybe it's because this class is so deep that these guys aren't going to go higher I actually don't have Kaiser in this top 32 and I think part of the reason is and a lot of people I've talked with, he, he's getting a lot of. I'm hearing a lot of the same things I heard about when Geno Smith, Geno Smith was meeting with teams during his draft process. And look, you can have kind of like subpar meetings with teams if you play any other position than quarterback. If yep. you're a quarterback, you better blow every meeting out of the water because it's the most important position in sports, let alone the field. You just gotta. And I'm hearing some guys where some meetings were it didn't go very well. So, I mean, I, I'm going to have Kaiser slip out of this, and it's certainly not because of talent. Well, overconfidence may be a factor in this as well. Uh, it, it's hard It's hard to read that whole situation because I don't think Brian Kelly's handed, handled it very well. And nope. He's trying to look like he's on his high horse. Meanwhile, this is the third quarterback he's run through this same scenario. 
So, I mean, yep. the whole situation, so it's hard to know whether it's on Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, maybe there's a little guilt on both their parts, but I'm still making the biggest decision I have to make with my organization. Yep. So it makes it that much tougher if you have any questions. Let's bring her home then. Uh, picks 26 through 32 if you have them. Uh, well, I, I put Tampa down here uh, just because I think Dalvin Cook would have been a selection they would have made. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I'm huge with it. The, the pairing of you know Dalvin Cook staying in Florida, so I dropped him to 26. Uh, my favorite defensive back in this class, as far as you know, combo player, Buda Baker is a special, special player. I don't want to hear anything about the fact that he's under five foot ten. He can cover man to man. He can play zone. He has the ability to draw quarterbacks into throws that he can intercept. He tackles well. He blitzes well. He's just so much of a fun player, and you can do so much with him. If you look like a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who you know, I said to Carolina, where you can get a lot out of him. That's the same thing you can do with Buda Baker. You can move him around. You can do so many things with him. It makes your life easier as a defensive coordinator. It makes it fun because you can try some different things. Maybe you didn't have the confidence in players to do in the past. So safe selection there, Buda Baker at 26. 27, Kansas City, uh, they could entertain Deshaun Kaiser here. And I, and I probably wouldn't be shocked if they did. Look, Andy Reid knows quarterback play better than anybody. Yep. Uh, corner, I'll go quarter, uh, corner. I'll go Quincy Wilson here. Uh, you know, from Florida, they need another guy out there. You know, opposite Marcus Peters, uh, good, solid, you know, fundamental player. If you're only asking to be the second quarterback on a team, you know, the pressure won't be as great as being the man. I think he'll excel in that role. Dallas, Dallas is an interesting one. Uh, you know. Could go a couple of ways here. Probably, definitely have to address this defense. Tyus Bowser uh, out of Houston. He can do a little bit of everything. He can do some pass rush. He covers well for a linebacker. I think we you have to look. Jalen Smith. We keep hearing more and more positives, and that's great. And everybody's rooting for Jalen Smith. But until anyone sees Jalen Smith take some reps in a football game, we, you just can't count on it. Yep. Bring in Tyus Bowser. Look, Sean Lee's been there forever, but he's old. He's beat up. He's taken a lot of hits. Misses a lot of time. You need a guy there who's capable of doing things. Tyus Bowser at a University of Houston. 29, Green Bay, uh, they need some pass rushers right off the bat. I mean, they do need quarterbacks, corners. They do need possibly a running back. But I'm going to put in J.J. Watt here. I think, uh, you know, they've had to obviously got to see the uh, T.J. Watt here out of Wisconsin, you know, right in their backyard. They've got to see him best. Look, T.J. missed a lot of time in college. But if you're looking at him, you're looking at a guy who's grown as it's gone on. You look at his older brother, same path as he got a little bigger, got a little older, the light went on more, was able to learn more, pick up more, play better. I think he'd be a selection there for Green Bay at 29. That terrifies me as a Vikings fan. I just got to tell you that right now. (laughs) It is still a tough spot for you guys, absolutely. Uh, Pittsburgh here at 30. I think Pittsburgh is going to add another pass rusher here. Um, Look, uh, Harrison's not going to play forever. Bring in Charles Harris out of Missouri. Um, he's a guy I do know the Jets really like, it, and they like as high as possible 12 there. I think he's got good get-off. Uh, he, he worked on putting on some weight, showed really well at his pro day with the extra weight on. Solid player, can get in the backfield, you know, wreak a lot of havoc. I'm going to put him at 30 to Pittsburgh. Atlanta, I think Atlanta, if you just need one more thing at Atlanta, I think one more pass rusher. Uh, a couple ways you could go here. But uh, now I know Quinn had him in. He actually worked out. Uh, Charles Harris, and they also had Jordan Willis from Kansas State. He brought them both in on the same day. He worked them both out at the same time. I, I think they would take either one of these guys if available. Jordan Willis is here. You've got a bookend out of Vic Beasley. Similar type of guy, very athletic. Can really get, you know, obviously to the passer. The only issue is is he kind of needs to work a little bit on his footwork 
so he doesn't get himself too far in the pocket where it's easier for the quarterback to step up away from him. But a guy tested through the roof and should play really, really well once he gets a little more NFL time and some NFL coaching. And that'll close this off here. And it's kind of funny. It was, it was what was going to be the run. Was it going to be the pass rushers? What was it going to be the cornerbacks? I, I think here I'm going to go one more. Obviously, I went corner to New Orleans early, earlier. Here they are at 32. I think Tack McKinley, uh, it's Karis McKinley out of UCLA. You know, he's getting over the shoulder injury. Uh, ran very well, very athletic. He got great get off. He doesn't, he doesn't cheat on a play. He gives every play 100%. And, you know, maybe even still, if you don't have him ready for week one, you're New Orleans, you know, maybe expectations aren't, you know, super high this year. By week three, week four, you're bringing in a young pass rusher here to just help you out on third downs. He can gradually find his way in here. So Tack McKinley at 32, and it just ended up that the, the run for me, the way it broke for me, the run ended up on pass rushers. Uh, I'm, we've already discussed Conley, and of course he's not in the first round here and may not even get drafted. Two other notable names that I didn't uh, that I didn't hear from you or have put down is uh, Jabril Peppers, safety out of Michigan, and then Reuben Foster, linebacker out of Alabama. Uh, does the diluted sample that they had, or you know, the, the failed drug test, or however you want to do it, the failed urine test. How much does that play into this here with you not putting them in the first round? And overall, what do you think this does to their draft stock? I think Reuben Foster has just been a culmination of things. Obviously, it's yep. the injuries with the shoulder. Um, like, uh, there are some rumors he's a little bit of a party guy. Uh, the other thing is, is there was the incident, you know, where he just in couldn't show some patience exactly where everybody was dealing with the same scenario. But he didn't felt like he didn't have to deal with it. Yep. Peppers, uh, I know coaches of his in New Jersey here. I don't believe for one second that Jabril Peppers, it was a marijuana issue. I do not believe he was trying to mask anything. I feel, you know, it definitely was a diluted sample. You know, maybe he was trying to put on extra weight to, you know, show up to looking the best he did. Um, the kids will work out nuts. So I don't believe any of that. But the problem is, irregardless, he is still now already in the program. Anything fluky yep. happens, you're looking at a suspension. I think Jabril Peppers automatically becomes one of those guys now where you would have Cleveland sitting at 33. Who, now they get, you know, 20 hours where, you know, they're holding that selection. And, you know, a lot of teams love to trade up for that first pick of the second round. Yes, so they, they go get one guy that they see. Oh, my God, I can't believe he didn't go. And I think Jabril Peppers automatically comes into contention with that. And the other thing is, is I just don't know. Jabril Peppers is not coming in and starting defensively for me right away day one so that's difficult I mean I know what kind of returner is and he can help there but it's just tough to put a guy who's not going to be a day one starter because I'm not really sure of his role yet and he's going to need some work once I do find the right role for him for me it's just really tough to put him in round one and this is even before the diluted sample I mean and we're going to see plenty of guys that you're like oh man I thought he would go first round that will last into the second round just because there there are it's like I said it's so wide open there are so many good players that you could take just a, a couple other quick notes uh, or quick questions to ask of you I mean if Jabril Peppers did go could he go 30 to Pittsburgh I mean, does he have that sort of Troy Polamalu-esque quality to him? He, could he maybe be Troy Polamalu one day? Perhaps. But, you know, Troy Polamalu was a really good college safety. Yeah. Jabril Peppers played one season of safety mm -hmm. and then was a linebacker. It's just, I mean, the problem with Peppers is everything you're basing it on is you're basing it on what you're projecting he could be. You know, everyone else, we've got film. I've still got safeties who didn't go yet 
that I would think right now are better safeties. Could Peppers be a better safety? Very well could be, but mm-hmm. it's really tough to protect that. And with this very, very deep defensive back class, do you want to gamble on a guy who you think can do something, or do you want to take the guy that you've seen do something? Finally, uh, I have Deshaun Kaiser going 32 to New Orleans. I think it's a great spot for him because he could learn behind uh, Drew Brees for a few years here. Uh, plus, I mean, he says he has the body of Cam Newton, so what better way to to really to see that than uh, by being in the same division as the Carolina Panthers? Is this a spot? I remember when the Vikings traded up with Seattle a few years back to get Teddy Bridgewater, and it was in large part because of that fifth-year option that they could assign him to. And now reports are on Wednesday that he's not. They're, they're probably not going to pick up that option, but that's because of the the severity of his injury and the the, the tragedy there. So is this a, a 32 or 31? Is that a spot where you could see a team go in, trade up to get a quarterback just to be able to pick up that fifth-year option? Of course, not starting th- this year, but just to be able to say, hey, come learn a few, you know, learn behind a really good veteran, and we'll have that ability to keep you for a fifth-year option if we wanted to. I think if you want to talk about a team in that scenario right there, uh, obviously, you know, you have San Francisco, you have the Bears, you know, very early in the second round. You don't think, obviously, you know, Cleveland, you've already taken the quarterback. If Kaiser doesn't go, Cleveland's in a beautiful position because they could easily drop back. He's a guy that could drop back from 33-4. But you would have to think San Francisco or Chicago, if he's a guy they really like, you got to think you're picking up the phone there. You know, look, Atlanta, they can grab a, grab a pass rusher three, four picks later. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the Saints, they could do the same thing as well, could get a pass rusher three, four picks later. I mean, if Kaiser were to go to one of these slots, Atlanta could still maybe trade down and get a Willis. Saints could still maybe trade down and get Tack McKinley. There's a couple other pass rushers right in this scenario. You could still get their guy by dropping back three or four picks. That's always an option. And, yes, the fifth-year contract security. And, look, the one thing, and, and it's kind of sad. I feel bad for Teddy Bridgewater. I think the one thing yeah. that maybe that tells us is, is you know, maybe they're not as, you know, hopes are high for that injury. Yep. And, look, I mean, who knows the way it worked out. And you know, But, I mean, if you're the same with Minnesota, though, look, I've paid you a full year salary already. I don't know if you're going to play for me this year. I mean, how much can you keep throwing at a guy if you're not sure? You know, it's a tough spot and you feel bad for Teddy. Um, But, you know, it's just a tough situation. I I think they're going to re-sign him if he's healthy or, you know, sign him to a long-term deal. But, yeah, picking up an $11 million option on on someone who hasn't played in a couple of years, yeah, that you would be ridiculous to pick it up, I think, because that's money you could spend elsewhere building your team. It's a business, and yep. you got to look at it. That it's a business decision. You, you just have to. And you want to know what Teddy could also look at it from the same spec. Uh, you know, at the end of next season, if all works well and he is healthy, and says, "Look, man, I appreciate you guys sticking with me." You know, and you know, and he easily walks in and you know takes a nice team friendly deal. It you know gets paid well enough that he's happy, and they roll on from there. Very good. Yeah, very, very good possibility there. Jeff, listen, I, I know you're busy. I know you're probably all around uh, the, the, the country, around the world uh, doing these podcasts. Greatly appreciate you spending some time with us over these last few weeks. I hope to talk to you next week so we can digest and dissect the draft. But as always, uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, my friend, and uh, enjoy the draft. Absolutely, Nathan. All the best to you, buddy. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Take Lloyd the second from TurnOnTheJets.com. Uh, no one better. No one better. That we could get here. I mean, we've had Blake Day, who's our who's our Mel Kaipa Junior Junior. 
by the way, Mel Kuyper Jr. impersonation getting a lot better here. Uh, maybe we'll start to get through that. Yeah, in fact, maybe here, here he is. Here's a guy that's really trying to impersonate Mel Kuyper Jr. He's got the pumpkin pie there. He's not going to take a bathroom break. Very good. Very strong work ethic. Going to make sure that his mock draft is going to be very good. Maybe change some things up in here. You know, we recorded the, the first part of this podcast a little earlier. Had that Conley guy going number 11 to New Orleans. Of course, with this whole situation, I think it's going to be a situation now where Conley falls out you're going to see someone else different so there you go that i think that's a huge pick there for uh you know what you get the idea so that's uh that's the mel kuyper jr got got to get the cadence and we do this completely out of respect and love because mel kuyper jr is awesome as well as is mike mayock of the nfl network so i'll be flipping back and forth between both of them this year uh so again when Travis and I recorded the podcast, our, our initial mock draft, the news with Conley had not broken yet. So, of course, I I would not pick Conley at all in the first round. Uh, hopefully, the Cleveland Police Department, again, I, I don't want to doubt the, the woman here who is accusing Conley of rape. This is a very serious crime, a very serious allegation. I I am just, res, I'm holding some reserve, or reserving the right to, to cast a little doubt just because of the timing of this. Uh, again, it's kind of, it. it's more serious than the Laramie Tunsil thing with the marijuana mask last year uh, in, the, in the bong and you saw him slide, but, and that was just mere hours before the draft. This is a, this is a couple of days, but it's, it's still just a situation where I don't know you have some witnesses uh, and it's it's definitely going to cost him. And Lyle Collins, I think this is the the biggest thing. I wasn't he with, with his uh, like a pregnant girlfriend or something, and there is a situation there, and he didn't end up getting drafted at all. And the Cowboys picked him up, and he's going to probably be a starter this year. So maybe Conley will fall into a perfect situation if he doesn't get drafted. Of course, obviously you can't make up for the millions that have been lost, and certainly has sullied his reputation considerably. But there maybe will be a silver lining there. Of course, it looks good for Collins right now in LSU or uh, in Dallas. But uh, yeah, so certainly uh, if you haven't uh, seen the the stack stackattack.sportsblog.com, uh, I have a mock draft up there on published on Thursday that has a, a slightly different mock draft from the one that Travis and I did earlier in this podcast so i always figured it would kind of change some things up but definitely want to to note that that the conley pick was made uh for both travis and i we did not know of the situation surrounding conley before doing this mock draft and of course you hear that now reuben foster's kind of moving out jabril peppers we're we're getting some dicey stuff here with with some guys i've heard bill polian former colts bills panthers executive on the on TV and on the radio say that there's a lot of red flags with this draft class more so than any that he can remember and that's character or injury related so certainly is uh interesting there what time is the draft i think it's like set, i mean we're we're getting ready here we're excited for the draft again the NFL we're kind of waning on uh, that with the with the popularity and just it it's it's not something that is all that exciting but Doggone it! Excited for the draft. I, I do love the draft, and 
maybe it's because you put these mock drafts together and you want to see just how well they they do again it's uh, the, the you know, how many picks you get right 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central times when the draft ki- or when the draft starts. Cleveland is on the clock. What will they do? Should be Miles Garrett. When will they trade back in? Uh, Jeff had a couple of trades. The mock draft that Travis and I did did not factor in trades, but we know s- trades can certainly happen. And Cleveland being the most likely team to trade up to get Trubisky. Uh, the the blog on uh, StackAttack.sportsBlog.com in the stack. We'll mention some trades that could happen, but we won't factor in the trades there right now. We're just going to pick the player, slot it with the team, do a points value system based on that. But hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is one of our favorites to do. It's one of the best ones that we do all season or all year long. This and the, the March Madness bracket breakdown here where we pick every game in March Madness and pick our final four. It's great stuff. That's probably our best. This NFL mock draft show, though, is definitely right up there. Appreciate Travis's time, as always, and, and Jeff Lloyd the second. I, I I can't recommend his stuff enough. He's, he's very good. I might be a little biased, but, uh, I mean, just in, in getting to know him uh, over the past few years and just talking with him, great guy, Uh and uh, hopefully we meet in person one day, my friend. Uh, so enjoy the draft, everyone. And we'll be back next week to recap that draft. Maybe some, uh, definitely some NBA and NHL playoff talk. We'll get Marcus Traxler back on the show as well. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the NFL draft, everyone. See how our draft picks do. Obviously, uh, Jeff's much better, or probably, or you know, it, it's different than mine, different than Travis's. We're going to see how it all pans out. Again, I think my bold prediction here is that four quarterbacks get drafted in the first round and that's not really as bold uh, as a statement of Ezekiel Elliott going to the Cowboys last year like I had or Brandon Whedon getting drafted by the Browns like I had or Demarius Thomas to the Broncos I, I could go on I don't hit these picks right all the time I'm not feeling one in particular here I guess maybe the yeah the boldest one could be uh, Jamal Adams going to to San Francisco. Who the heck knows? But thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to break it all down. Uh, hopefully we can get Jeff, get Marcus, get Travis, and uh, have a great podcast there as well. So uh, you can always find this podcast now on iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Uh, find it on iTunes. Great stuff there. Otherwise, follow me on Facebook or on Twitter at, at NDStackin. Otherwise, uh, it'll be on my Facebook page, Nathan Stack. And so, greatly appreciate everyone's time. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the NFL draft. Hopefully, our mocks are right. Go Vikes! And we'll uh, we'll talk about it all next week here on the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack and saying thank you for listening. Hope you listen again next week.